Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, saints. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do ask your blessing on this beautiful Sabbath day as we honor you with your word of truth that these sins will sink down in our heart to give you the glory for all things in our life. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, we're going to get right on in to the, we're gonna, we got, I got a lot of teaching to do here this morning. Um, and and it, it seems to me that I'm going to have to kind of like go back over everything I've been over in the last six years because we've had about a 10% retainability in, in our minds. You know, I, I have the assumption that when I get up here and preach and teach, I don't expect for you to retain everything, but there should be gigantic nuggets that you should keep, that you should store away. And how we know that it's taking effect is because of the reflection of your character. The reflection of your nature. How you are as a person. See, because we all have what the scriptures call self-will. And if we're going to pull a Galatians 2.20 and say, I am crucified with Christ, that means we're going to have to have a picture of ourselves that can be shown to everybody that they can see not only to everybody but we must recognize and notice a change within ourselves amen yeah. brother Shane come up here and get a mic brother I made an extra copy of this stuff right here so you can do some reading because I really want us to hear how does faith come because I, like I said before with all the people that that claims you know, might get a, get over, just get a chair, get get the mic and sit over and get over and sit down like you normally do over here, brother. Um, with, with all the reading that we claim to do, this should be a holy nation. You know, you go around and ask all the believers, "Do you read the Bible?" Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. We we read, read. All right, how about do you study? Oh, I ain't got time for that. Isn't that about true? Have y'all finally come to the realization that there's nobody going to do the sanctifying of you but you yourself? God ain't going to do it. God said in his word clearly that you sanctify yourself. You purify yourself. Because you can't save anybody but yourself. That's why scripture said, now I know the scripture says save yourselves. That's because in the idiom of words, what it was doing was Speaking, it was showing us that it was speaking to a group of people. You understand that? So it says, save yourselves from this untoward generation. If I'm a speaker up here and I'm saying, save yourselves from Lafayette, Tennessee. Because it is a wicked and untoward generation. Yes, now, if I give that direction or if I give that command... And then don't give you any direction of how to do it. What have I done? I've done nothing, basically. Because in order for you to be saved, you want to know what you need to be saved from. Yes, sir. Is that right? Now, we intend to be thought provocative. We intend to shock and intrude upon the spirit of your mind. We really do. 
and in hopes of that, that you will start using that mental faculty up there that God has given you for more than a hat rack or a head covering. Are these insulting to you? They should not be. Because that's the reason why we're here in the assembly. All right, now we're hoping that on this attempt, that some way, somehow, that it would take root in our hearts and there would be a lasting change rather than hearing a word from one Sabbath to the next and then we have a change for a few days and then after that we regress right back to the same old evil, Adamic nature because I don't know who told us that lie, but um, half of us, if not three-quarters of us, if not all of us, believe that we don't actually have to die out to this flesh. Somebody say, oh, Pastor, come on, we don't believe that. You don't believe me how much flesh shows out with all the knowledge we claim to have. Now, if God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, there's no way we should be destroyed then, should we? We're going to talk about a few different things here today. We're going to, we're going to talk about um, idioms of permission, and we're going to talk about what is wicked and what is sin. How, how the, the Bible defines what is wickedness and what is sin. And in this, hopefully that God will be able to give you some understanding because there's a lot of, there's too much weakness that is going on, especially in the men of God in the hour we're living in. I say especially in the men because the men are the ones who are commanded to stand up and be strong. There's no way you can send a weak man into battle because he will compromise the integrity of the unit. And I'm not talking about weak as in who can shoot the best and march the falls. I'm talking about in mind. Yes, sir. You see, when I was in the military and they, and they put all these stressful situations and everything on us and, and, um, and some of the training I went through, they almost literally just beat you. And what they were doing, they was trying to get a hold of your mind. They, will see, they was trying to see how you would respond in stressful situations because a lot of people just literally break down. So they were seeing if your mind or your mental capacity was strong enough to be able to handle the things that you may have to face one day. And we're all the testimonies that from all these different churches or modern day whorehouses, I like to call them, have not did us one lick of good has not taught us how to draw nigh to God. It has not caused us to have a closer relationship with Jesus so we can learn what it means to have the peace of God that rules in our heart and the peace of God that passes all understanding. Unless these principles are taught and unless they are seen in a manifestation of lifestyle living, we're all going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah. There'll be no difference continuous, see, because our modern-day churches, I don't care whatever uh, name you want to give them, they're not the church of the true and living God. They're not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible clearly says in Ephesians 4, 4, that there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, there ain't no 5,000 or many different ways getting to God like Billy Graham said. Billy Graham is a liar from the pit of hell. And that's where he's going to end up at too. 
He better repent and turn from that wicked way. So whoever come up with all these divisions have definitely been a tool for Satan. Don't you marvel just as much as I do at all the people who tote these Bibles around and stuff, yet and still they don't believe a thing that's in it? But yet and still they believe it to be the authority of the divine, the true, eternal, omnipotent, omniscient God. The only way we would ever see the power of this word being demonstrated is by the Holy Spirit imparted into our lives, into this temple of God, and then we become tools of the ministry that is putting inside of us. In other words, we're able to walk, we're able to talk, we're able to live, and we're able to breathe Amen. what this word says. And that's the only manifestation of change that anybody's ever going to see. Is when we see this, jump off the pages of this book, get down into the angles of our heart, and we manifest it through our walk in life. So salvation is not a one-time experience. Salvation is just the start of an experience. We're commanded to be holy and we're commanded to be perfect. So we can't sit here and um, spend hours and Sabbath after Sabbath getting all this word and putting into our ears. It's not there to just tickle it. It's there to bring, to bring a demonstration. It's there to bring a manifestation. And I'm sure you have noticed over the years that we don't mind telling you the truth. Amen. First of all, I'm going to talk about here just for a brief moment. Um, when we would read certain things, it would kind of present itself in the scriptures as is a, a contradiction. But however, the scripture does not contradict itself. You you all know how um, against the English language I am. Um, now you may not take that position. Uh, the reason why I'm so against the English language, if I've not expressed that view before, is because it's a very confused and Babylonian language. Nobody ever says what they mean and mean what they say, and if you say what you claim to mean, it's not taken as if you really meant it because you didn't say it. And if you said it, you didn't mean to say it. And if you try to define the term, um, it's got three or four other definitions that you can insert with one word yep. that brings about even more of a confusion Amen. or a confused state of mind. Yes. So when you get someone that spends some time to try to figure out and study, like the scripture says, the Bible teaches us to study to show thyself. Now that word means yourself. Approved unto God. So if you want to be approved unto God, then you need to develop a nature of studying. We didn't say you go study plant life or animal life or tree life or sea life. You need to study his word. If you got an angel coming down and trying to instruct you what the word says, you ain't dealing with an angel of light. You're dealing with a demon. God has given you the Holy Spirit and the Spirit and the Word always agrees. 
So if an angel come to you and speak anything other than the word, then that's a devil. If it's an angel of light and he is saying what the word says, then guess what? You're dealing with light. But I can tell you right now, ain't no angel going to come tell you the word. That's why God give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. That's why he gives us the Holy Spirit so he can speak in our hearts. We all understand that. It may be some hard concepts, brother. I'm serious. So when we think we don't even we really don't know what we're really thinking because we think and then there's another injunction or another injecture or another way because my thought really doesn't mean what it says. But then I get finished responding. After all, I'm confused after all. So what do I do? Believe it or not, that is the English language. You remember how we went over the word love? We use the same love for cat, dog. It's the same way we love the husband, the wife, the brother, the sister, the child. I'm, I'm serious. Really, no definition. That's, that's, that's English for you. So we're going to try to dispel a lot of things to get you to understand. See, we need to know. And believe it or not, a lot of people refuse this today. They refuse this because we have had a lot of things inserted into our thought pattern that has actually become like a writing etched in stone. And the only way to destroy that is to destroy the stone. Put up a new one and then allow God to write on the tables of your heart. So that we can understand. Because our God has been misrepresentative, especially in religion. Today we have gotten confused. Over who God is and what is his nature. Now John 10.10 10 says what brother? The thief cometh not but for to steal. The who comes to do what? The thief. The thief. Does any, can anybody identify who this thief might be? Satan right? So Satan is the one. The Bible is making a direct. A direct. It's pointing his direct finger at the thief who is Satan. Is that right? So, God doesn't come to steal, but the thief comes to steal. Is that right? Yes, Go ahead. And to kill. The thief also comes to do what? Kill. To kill. So, see, there are many things we're reading in the Bible, and it says, and God killed. And God did this, and God did it. And you won't believe what I have to kick against all the time to get you to understand that God, from the beginning, has never tried to kill man. Amen. Man is being killed and destroyed because of the decisions of his self-will, his own free will that he has made to either serve. See, because if you serve God, you're not going to be destroyed. But you serve Satan, then you're destroyed. And what we've done in the hypocrisy of our minds of understanding and heart is said that God did this while we resist his will, and then we end up getting destruction, calamity, and wretchedness, and all types of vows and judgments upon us. And then we'll blame God for doing it. Amen. While we were disobedient. Amen. We understand, did we understand what I just said? And so therefore our God has been set up. In our minds. To while we call him good. There's something in us that still resists his will. 
Because look how we run from it. And we call it actually evil by not words, but just watch what we do. So the thief is the one who comes to steal. The thief is the one who comes to kill. And, and to destroy. Read on. I am come that they might have life. Now, what was the purpose and intent for Jesus to come? That you may die? No, no so that you can live. Yeah. And he's not talking about just this life. He's talking about eternal life. Yeah. Huh? Is not Jesus God manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, walked among the Gentiles and received up in the glory? Amen. Is that not who he is? Amen. Was he not the word of God manifested and made flesh amongst us? Amen. Amen. He said he come to do what though? I am come that they might have life. Life and what? And that they might have it more abundantly. To the fullness of measure. Amen. We're not here to destroy you. We're here to teach you from being destroyed. But however, in order for us to teach you from being destroyed, we got to talk about what, as Granny Gaston puts it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, we live in this um, reverse psychology generation that teach us that we need to only talk about positive things. How in the world would you know what's positive if you don't know what's negative? If you don't ever expose what's negative, how can you do the positive? Because we're all born negative. Believe negative. See negative. Walk negative. So until we understand the nature of where the negative come from, how can we be positive? Amen. Hallelujah. Then you got to worry about nobody going to sleep on me. The reason why, you know, the world tells you that after 20, 30 minutes, you use the attention span of people's minds. Is that right, teachers? Anybody in there? Is that right? And the reason why you do it is because the people that's talking ain't saying nothing. Amen. The mind can only put up with so much nonsense. Before it has to entertain itself some way, somehow. We may be here in body in certain places, but our spirit is gone. Hey, our hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Now, people who attribute or think that God makes them sick or kills them are attributing darkness and evil to God. Listen to me closely. 1 John 1, 5. Read that. This, then... Is the message. This is the what? Amen. The message. Read on. Which we have heard of him. Which we've heard of him and do what? And declare unto you. Now watch this. Read on. That God is. That God is. is. That God is what? God is what? Light. Light. Speak into the mic, brother. Light. God is Mike. God is Mike. God is love. God is light. Amen. Is that right? So God is light and in him. Is no darkness at all. There's no what? No darkness at all. And let's define darkness for a second. The word darkness means uh, God does not have a want of anything. Is that right? He is not ignorant. Is that right? He doesn't have anything that's in his character and nature that is associated with wickedness. Is that right? Are y'all listening? And he ain't all about misery. Uh-oh. See, what I'm trying to do, brothers, is I'm trying to reconcile our minds 
to the right way of thinking. You see, there used to be a way we used to think before we gave play to sin. Let me try to paint this picture for you for a second before we go on. See, when God created man out of the dust of the earth in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that man had fellowship with God and God would walk with him in the cool of the day, commune with him, talk with him. See how he's doing. Then there was no doubt. There was no unbelief. There was no sin, no uncertainty, no wickedness, no calamity. Are y'all following my train of thought here? Hmm? When we was created, we was created perfect. Hmm? Then sin entered into the world. And because of curiosity, somehow, someway, at the admission of someone else's voice, we thought that God was withholding something from us. Pastor Dow, why you keep saying we when it's Adam? We is all born out to Adam. And you keep thinking that you, that you would have never did it because you you got this hindsight knowledge. But if you was Adam, you'd have done the same thing. So don't think too highly of yourself. And that's another problem that the church has. It always thinks too highly. It says it's hard to impart any kind of wisdom or knowledge to someone today because they already believe they are the sum of all wisdom. That's how we get deceived again. Enemy been doing this for a long time. At least on, on this earth, at least 6,000 years. I think he pretty much knows man. So then someone with a nature which is contrary to God because the first sin that there ever was was pride. First sin ever was was pride. So somebody with a nature contrary to God presented man another way. Sold him something that man thought was good. True. And man believed it was good and he bought it. True. And as a result, we all been paying for it ever since. Amen. If man did not take the temptation of the enemy, we'd still be in the Garden of Eden today. Amen. The whole world would be. <laughs> but God knew what he was doing. Made provisions for us. That's why we talk about atonement and reconciliation. You know, often I, I taught my kids in a younger age. I said, you know, look at that globe right there. I said, now you see this globe. Y'all, y'all have all seen a, a globe with a world, right? And I said, isn't that amazing how that if you just push that land together like that, how it all seems to connect? You know, you look at a globe and, and if all that land was pushed together, it looks like a jigsaw puzzle. Well, what happened, Daddy? Well, I tell you what happened. Sin. Us people called human beings had got so wicked that God said, I got to destroy this thing. And in that, do you hear that? And in that, now watch this now. So when we hear in our English language that God said he has to destroy this thing, all right, we assume that God is the one that did the destroying. Let's read John 10, 10 again. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. Now, let's get the right way of thinking that I'm trying to insert in our minds here. You see, God permitted man to be destroyed. 
And the thief is the one who is doing the destroying. We're going to give you a couple of solid examples, okay? So we can deal with this, so we can understand who the real enemy is, because it ain't God. Maybe if we can find out who the real enemy is, maybe we would have more respect for our God. Is that right? Now let's get back here. An idiom or is a peculiar manner or particular manner of speaking or expression with a meaning that cannot be understood from words alone. All right, now watch this. Define or definitive of the Hebrew language in itself. It is active verbs that are sometimes used to express not the doing of a thing, but permission of the thing which the agent is said to do. In other words, here's some examples right here. Read 2 Samuel 6, 7. Now read, let's start at the example of... Uh, Pharaoh in Exodus 20.10. Go to Exodus 20.10. Now see what we got right here is we got that it says the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? Now it means that the Lord permitted Pharaoh's heart to be hardened. I'll give you an example just in modern Everybody said, well, well, how in the world did, did Pharaoh hard get up? You ever seen, we've all been in church long enough to see the gospel being preached. All right, now watch it. Let me get a chair where everybody can see it. Give me his chair. Who you reading in, son? The gospel being preached and everybody's rejoicing. You ever seen somebody sitting up in church like this? You ain't never seen nobody do that? You know what they're doing? They're hardening their heart at the preaching of the gospel. So when they're hardening their heart, who are they hardening their heart against? God. That's how Pharaoh did it. He was hardening his heart. And God had to create a situation and a circumstance to allow uh, Pharaoh's heart to be hardened. Because Pharaoh was full of pride. Remember, he, Pharaoh thought he was God on earth. And he thought that the Hebrews' God was just an idiot. Matter of fact, he thought the Hebrews was an idiot for only having one God. Read. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Who did? Read on. So that he would not let the children of Israel... Go. Now, I got finished. I just got finished explaining um, what it means. I'll give you this definition one more time. An idiom is a peculiar manner of speaking or expression with a meaning that cannot be understood from words alone. All right, and everybody understands the definition of the word. All those rest of ignorant, dumb folks, I guess we just got to wait until we get it or either look it up or just believe the truth. Faith come by hearing anyway, not looking up words. So, you, you see what I mean? All right? Now, watch this. 2 Samuel, are you there? 2 Samuel 6, 7, read that. And the angel, anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. Uh-huh. And God smote him there for his error. How about that God permitted him to be smitten for his error? Let's go back to John 10, 10 again. What does the thief come to do? 
cometh not. But to what? But for to steal. Steal. And to kill. Kill. And to destroy. And to destroy. Now let's look at this. So far we got two examples where man's free will was enacted. Even still today, we got a free will. We can choose to serve God or we can choose to serve Satan. Whenever we make a decision, that is the fruit you are going to eat. And whichever God you decide to serve, that's what you're going to get from him too. You're going to get according to their nature. Uh-oh. My, my, my. Go to Genesis 19.24. And we're going to spend some time again, again, Sister Ashley and Job. Read it, brother. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah mm -hmm. brimstone mm -hmm. and fire mm -hmm. from the Lord. From the Lord. Out of heaven. Out of heaven. Now, is God a thief? No. Does God come to kill? No. Does God come to destroy? No. Okay. We read that Jesus come to give life, right? Yeah. Now, I'm going to show you something. Let's go to Job. We're going to go to the story of Job. We ready for this? Because if there's nothing else that explains to us in picture matter what's really going on, this story really breaks it down. All right? There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. He did what? And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yokes of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so. When the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them. Did you hear that? And rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Just did Job do what continually? Sacrifice. For who? His sons and his daughter. He's trying to make intercession for them. Is that right? Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also among them. See, we don't understand that in this instance right here, sons of God. Are you following me? There are two instances in the scripture that describes the sons of God. Well, actually three. Three of them. The holy angels, the fallen angels, and those who are saved. Are we not considered sons of God? Yes, sir. And he gave them the right to be called the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, so it could be humans too. But we know ain't no humans in the third heaven talking up there with God, with Satan. Is that right? Now listen very closely. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the what? In the earth. And from walking up and down it. So we see that the book is still telling us the truth. 
That's the reason why God wants us to study. There's nothing wrong with the word, but the word translated, you can find everything wrong with it. Not that you're looking for it. That's why we often tell you that the spirit and the word agree. So Satan ain't in hell. No, he ain't. Satan is not in hell. Satan is not in hell. Satan can have access to hell and go into hell. What did Jesus come to do? When he died, what did he do? Did he not take the keys of death and hell? hell? Yes. The scriptures tells us in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 that Satan is the God of this world. Is that right? He's the God of this world. We just got finished reading right here that God asked him where you're coming from. He said, I've been walking to and fro up and down earth. Is that right? That's right? So not only that, we see that Satan is not a physical being, but he's a spiritual being, and he can go anywhere he wants, even into heaven, yes, yeah. right. and talk with God. Amen. Is that right? right? Why? Well, the book of Revelation should jump out in our mind. Who is the accuser of the brethren? Satan. Satan. How does he accuse them? He accuses them before God. Is that what the scriptures say? Day and night. Is that right? So he don't rest accusing him for God. See, so these sons of God right here that's written right here were the demonic spirits. Because they're the ones that each one of them have certain characteristics and attributes about themselves that they carry out. Amen. Now watch this. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect man and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doeth Job fear God for not? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and all and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the works of his hands and his substance increased in the land. But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. You see the accusation. Yeah, God, you done blessed Job to the point that can't nobody get a right. I can't even get a hold of him. He got a big old hedge built around him, a big old protection about him. Not only him, but even his house. Why do you think Job is sitting here making intercession, making sacrifice? Because he knows his sons and daughters are sinning. Amen. Now, let me tell you, if I was Job and my sons and daughters do that, you ain't got to worry about Satan coming and killing them. I'd have killed them. Because it ain't hard to figure out what they were doing. Now, how many other people that we read in the book where, who, wasn't that Eli? You yes. wasn't that Eli? Amen. Them wicked sons? Yes. Yeah. Going around just causing literal havoc in Israel. Amen. Them some wicked sons. Amen. I mean wicked. And the bad, sad part about it was that the people couldn't touch them because they were still considered priests. So God had to do something about it. You think we should learn something about that? Oh, yeah. mm, you better be careful about touching men's God's men. I don't care whether you approve or disapprove of them. You better be careful. Forget about our sake for your sake. You need to read these accounts, brothers and sisters. Look what it says. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. In other words, God let down the hedge. Is that right? Yes, sir. It's in who power? Satan's power. 
Only upon himself put forth thine hand. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Where did Satan go from? The presence of the Lord. In other words, he left from the presence of God. Is that right? Well, let's see what happened after he left from the presence of God. And there was a day when his sons and daughter were eating and drinking wine in their what? Eldest brother's house. They were partying. Modern day English terminology. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So what happened? All the people up on earth was just so happened to be the Sabaeans at this time. Because remember, Job had a hedge built up around about him. Now the hedge is gone. Now the hedge is gone. Are you following me? But I wonder who it is is doing the attacking. The hedge is gone. I wonder who it is is doing the attacking. Yeah, but how did he do it? Well, those demonic spirits got into these men to come and to kill. Who comes to kill? Who comes to kill? Thank you. Who comes to kill, steal, and destroy? So, do we not see this taking place? So these spirits that entered into these men who, hey, you got to understand, if you're not God's children, then the rest of the world, you are in service to Satan. He can use you anytime he wants. Anytime he wants. So look, now here's the Sabaeans coming along and he's killing um, Job's servants. Is that right? And then look, 16. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and have burned up the sheep and the, and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee the fire who? Now, do we not see a capital G there? Do you see what I'm talking about? Idioms and everything. Now, was it God's fire? No, it wasn't God's fire. Who comes to kill? Who left from the presence of the Lord? After the hedge was already taken down. So this man was describing the only way he best he knew how to do it. Amen. Who knows? He could have been in Elijah day and saw the fire of God come down. Amen. You remember when Elijah took that jawbone and ass and slew all them false prophets? Yeah, who did it? God or Satan? See, neither one. The man of God did it. Oh, boy. I tell you, boy, it is something else, bro. It is something else. It is something else. Boy, you see what I'm talking about, how minds is? It's, just, it's hard to just take hold and grasp God's principles. It really is. It says the fire of God. Notice the translator used a capital G when they should have used a small g. Because remember, as soon as Satan left from the presence of the Lord, notice all this calamity starts coming into Job's life, which there was a hedge of protection. Remarkable, isn't it? So when we read that, we'll see the capital G and automatically assume it was God. Hmm? Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though who slay him? Who's the, does God slay Job? Huh? Does God slay Job? Is that not what's commonly believed in the Baptist churches? Huh? If they, if they go that route, boy, they done missed it big time. Uh-oh. 
Let's just tell the truth. We missed it somewhere. That's the reason why we're receiving a slaying. See, this is something that goes against the very fiber of man. Because, see, we don't like to admit that the reason why we're receiving calamity and the reason why we're receiving so much sorrow and sadness in our life is because we bought it up on ourselves because of direct disobedience against his will. We're not obeying him like we should. And then we want to play these little hypocritical games with God and say, God, why in the world are you doing this and doing that to me and stuff? Job did that for about 30-some chapters. He sure did. We're going to get to that too. And look at this. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another of the Chaldeans. Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. Now notice, all this started to happen when Satan left from the presence of God. Until that time, Job, man, what a report. What a report. What what can we see? Well, we can see some hedge of protection has been taken down. Because there was a hedge of protection. And Job was even doing what he knew to do to make sure that the hedge of protection stayed up. That's why he's praying. He knew that he had to do something because them sons and daughters, boy, they were just cutting a literal wicked food. And the Bible said he did this continually. Wouldn't it seem like that, my God, what in the world? If Job was doing this, shouldn't God stay judgment from him? See, we don't like his doing. Come on. Job saw sin in his house. And he started doing the things that he needed to do to make atonement and reconciliation for sins. He started sacrificing of all that stockyard he had out there. He started, and the Bible said he didn't do it once or twice. He did it continually. He was doing that for a reason. Because he was a servant of the Lord. And he knew what the requirement was just like Abel did. See, what we want to do is call ourselves Abel while we have his Cain spirit. That's what's happening in the churches today. The assemblies today. And what we're trying to do is teach you so you can don't have all this crap on you. All this calamity. Worry, sadness, and sorrow. Wretchedness. Yes, sir. Because what's been taught to us have been flat out lies. How we know? Because our life don't reflect it. You shall know the truth. And what does the truth do? Set you free. John 8, 32. Is that right? You shall know the truth. And the truth does what? Set you free. So if you say you know the truth and you ain't free, then you don't know the truth. You are deceived. You claim to know the truth and you ain't free, then you don't know the truth. Is that hard? Is that hard to understand? Here we go again. And the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and carried them away, yea, and have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to kill, to tell thee. While he yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in our eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great, what? Wind from the wilderness. From what? And smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. I wonder who is the architect of all of this distress. John 10, 10 says, the thief not cometh not but to steal, but and to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I come to give life and give that to you more abundantly. At the end of all this temptation, testing, and trial, we see that God blessed Job even the what? The more so. 
See, we're going to have to get our minds. We're going to, I'm telling you, our minds going to have to change to God's way. That's, I'm serious. And see, and that's one thing that I encountered when I go out and try to minister and teach. Because, see, all these um, so-called self-righteous people want to think that the reason why they on kidney dialysis, the reason why they got high blood pressure and, die, and, and on diabetes and taking all kind of medicine and carrying on and got all these diseases, they think that they're they doing this because uh, they're undeserving of this. What did you do? Oh, nothing. It's just, it's just one of those things. It just come up on me like hell it is. You're a sinner. And you live in wicked. And you have unconfessed sin in your life. And they don't want to hear that. That's when their ears start to be plugged up. Because they don't want to hear that. The preacher ain't going to tell them, hey, you can't keep them in the pew. Mm-mm. So they resist the truth, and as a result, they continue to reap the rewards of the resistance of the truth. If you continue to keep that kind of mindset, how in the world can you humble yourself from the, under the mighty hand of God? You can't humble yourself because you don't believe that you're sinning against him. That's why I continually keep thundering that the body is a barometer to the spiritual realm. Yeah, it kind of tells you what's going on spiritually if you know how to read it. Oh, mercy. So this whirlwind came, the house fell on them, and did they live or did they die? Who comes to kill? Who comes to kill? Who comes to kill? Who comes to steal? Who comes to destroy? So I suppose God put the house down on top of them. Let's just go and tell it like it is. Whenever we disobedient to God, God removes his heads of protection from us. We take ourselves right of the will of God, and then God allows, permits, the evil and calamity that we desire, even though we say we don't want it. But our disobedience shows that we do want it. Even though we say we don't want it, it comes up on us, and then we sit back puzzled and perplexed. Why in the world is happening unto me? And that's the reason why today that the modern day psychologists, the modern day doctors is nothing but damnation counselors of hell. Because all they do is they, they, they see you can go there and you can feel comfortable about your sin. Because they'll give you a pill or a drug to make you feel better about your sin. They won't, it won't be removed from you. No, we, and we'll even give you something to help you tolerate it for a while. So they mask all the symptoms of the sickness and stuff. They never tell you to repent. You come to a real man of God, he's going to tell you, all right, we're going to find out. I'll tell you what's wrong. You got a wicked way in you. Amen. Notice, now notice, I said a key word. I didn't say sin. You got a wicked way. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Depends on what it is. But the doctors ain't going to tell you to repent. Hmm? They're going to help you out. And of course, man's being lifted up with pride today. Why in the world he want to admit he's wicked and stuff? Because I'm saved. I'm spirit filled. I got the Holy Ghost. I know the Lord. Well, if you know him, then why you got all this distress, oppression, depression, and calamity in your life? See, we just going to be real, brothers and sisters. We can't convince, we can't continually to keep saying, I can't see. 
the trees because there's a forest right there. We're going to open our eyes wide and start to see the way God sees. See, the enemy has blinded the minds. The enemy has blinded the the real sight. The real sight of man and the real understanding of man comes from the mind being able to perceive and understand. That's why God said, I want your mind transformed. I want it renewed. Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I from my mother's womb and naked I shall return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord have taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now let's analyze this statement. Now mind you, this is words written that Job said. Is that right? The Lord gave and the Lord take away. All right. The Lord gave, but did he take away? When you are reading this in the context of the entire story, who took it away? Who left from the presence of God? Seemed like everything was going pretty good. The butterflies were flying. The lilies in the valley was growing. The, the camels was pooping. And Jobin was getting a dog. And they had a good garden. And the hedge was built up. And everything was going fine. Amen. And then Satan decided to show up. And then, say, and then God said, Hey, you wicked low down devil. You consider my servant Job. He in your earth. <laughs> He sure is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you talking, God. But the only reason why he's that way because you done blessed him. The only reason why he's that way because you, you, you got a big old hedge built around him. Can't nobody touch him. Take it away from him. He'll curse you. Job still did not charge God foolishly. He still didn't curse God. Even though he didn't understand too much of what was going on, he still did. And for 30-something chapters, that's the reason why you need to hear this Job and Elihu. I spent a lot of time on that. A whole lot of time on it just so it can sit in the computer archives. Then he said, I gave you a CD. We ain't going to give me mine. (laughs) (laughs) See, these are the things we need to listen to this. So who took it away? The Lord took it away? No. Nah, the Lord didn't take it away. But you know there's a capital L there. Why? Because Job, speaking from his own understanding, believed that God took there it away. But when we're looking at the story right here, God didn't take this away. No. God just removed his hedge of protection from Job. Yes. And then as soon as Satan seen that hedge gone, boy, he hightailed it. <laughs> For what? Motivation to get Job to curse God. How about this? To get Job to fall away. See, while we're here on this earth, while we're here doing our little thing down here, somehow, someway, our wicked minds refuse to know that there's something really going on. There's something greater going on than our little old wicked perspective of I tell you, boy, we pathetic things. We really are. We some wretched old things, boy. We yes, we are. 
Now, you, you forget about hearing this any other way because you ain't going to hear it nowhere else. They ain't going to tell it to you like it is because they don't love you. See, you got to love people enough to tell them the truth. You got to be instant in and out of season. Whether they hear forbear, it makes no difference. You're only after the ones who hear. Forget about the goats that forbear. There's always, wherever there's sheep, there are goats. You can believe that. You remember up in glory, Jesus had the sheep on the right hand. He had the who? On the left. And they were all in heaven. Somebody didn't stay. Somebody didn't stay in paradise. Uh-oh. And, and in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And there was a day when the sons of God came Look, to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? Again, here we go again. So, see, Satan done took off and did all this little deed and stuff and carrying on and stuff. And, and so, and then look, here is God again. Where are you coming from, you old wicked, foul, low down devil? Yeah, well, Pastor, I didn't say that. No, Satan, I just threw all that in there. Because that's exactly what he is. Where are you coming from, Satan? He gives the same answer. Is that right? From going to and fro. Is that what? In the earth, walking up and down. So where is Satan at? In the earth. Somebody said, well, where he at? I don't see him. Woe we something. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man? Even after all this temptation, Look at God's. Look at God's testimony. He still didn't change his testimony to Job. Perfect and upright man and one that feared God and eschewed evil and still he hold fast his integrity. In other words, even after you done did all that you lying pig, look, he's still holding fast. You said he's going to curse me. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Look, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. There it is again, an idiom of permission. An idiom of permission. Who comes to kill? Who comes to steal? Who comes to what? Destroy. It ain't hard. It ain't hard to understand. God don't do the destroying. That's not his nature. God is a creator, not a destroyer. Uh oh! I tell you, see, this English language is something, and what we grew up in, our culture is just literally have given us a mind to teach us how to, to defy God. It really has. Listen, and hear. And Satan answered the Lord and said, "Skin for skin." All right, now we get into the attack, now, ain't we? Skin for skin. Yea, and all that a man have, he will give for his life. But put for and people are doing that, ain't they? If they, when they run out of substance, they depend on the insurance. Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Ten Care, government help. All that a man have. Is that right? All that a man have. But put forth thy hand now and touch his bone. Why in the world did he say bone? Why in the world? We know what the scripture says about bone. Where does the immune system start at, folks? Come on, folks. 
in the bone, the marrow of the bones. The bones, the bones. You got to start from the core to the inside of a man before you can get everything else. The bone, look at this. And his, and his flesh. And he will curse thee to thy face. In other words, guess what world Satan can do? I'm going to put a disease on him. That's what he's basically saying. I'm going to put an affliction on his body. And boy, when his skin and his body get to cutting the food. That's why it's a beautiful thing when you see some of the things they're going through in their body. Don't know why. But we know something's going on unresolved. And when God gives them ample amount of time to get it right, boy, and to get it, and they, hey, you can maintain your integrity of God until the last breath come out of you, you want. You want, but you can see that it's Satan's intent that you turn from God and curse him. Uh-oh. Y'all don't see all these pictures going on. Now, mind you, we're just here on the earth. Look what is taking place up in the heavenlies. No greater insight than this. Look what it says right here. And the Lord said unto him, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his what? Life. Because who had at this time power of life and death? Satan did. That's what the book tells in the book of Hebrews. Yeah, he did. And Jesus came and he took the keys of death and hell. Did he not? Did he not? God put... Some limitations on me on this one. Amen. You know, Satan got enough sense to respect God. Yeah. Believe it or not, he got a fear of him too. You just don't know it. Amen. He spends all his time deceiving and hoodwinking us. But he ain't bad as he think he is. I know one thing, he wasn't going to go against God's word on that. You know, God in the back of his mind probably saying, yeah, you may want to be like me, but I tell you what, you better do what I say. <laughs> so went Satan from the presence of the Lord and smote Job. Who smote Job? Satan. Who smote Job? Satan. Who smote Job? With sore boils. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And look, and he took a pot shear. Now, Satan didn't take no pot shear. No. Let's use a little bit of reading the comprehension here. Just, just a little bit of it, brother. Y'all remember me reading Danny the Dinosaur, brother? When I was in grade school, man, we had a book called Danny the Dinosaur. Hmm? We read Danny the Dinosaur because they was trying to teach us at a very young help, uh, level to how to read and comprehend. Job took the pot shear. And scraped himself with all, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Doest thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. To do what? Curse God and die. Now, where did she get them words from? Yeah, a spirit pressed upon her. Because you mind, this sister is used to having luxury, the finest of everything. Job was the richest man in all the land. Now all of a sudden he ain't got nothing. Amen. And he looked like he had the point of death. He's sitting in the ashes, taking a pot chair, scrubbing him when he's the wealthiest man in all the land. Amen. And then here comes the voice of the wife. Man, what's wrong with you? Look at you, you pathetic little pig, you. 
You still going to maintain that God is good. You curse him and die. And that's something. First you want him to curse God and then you want him dead. Ain't even worth being married to you little sorry self no more. I wonder where she get those words from because, see, but, but, but hey, without us knowing anything going on, we're reading the account, so we got a lot of hindsight. Amen. huh? What they was doing is, is to determine if he was going to curse God or not. Yeah. So a spirit pressed upon that woman. Amen. Yeah, it is. Hey, hey, Satan spoke right through Peter, yep. and he actually used a good intent to do it. Yeah, yeah a good intent. Man, I got to go to Jerusalem and die, boys. Oh, no, Lord, being far from me. No, Lord, no. Get thee behind me, Satan. Huh? You got to be Satan? Yeah, what I do? I See, we don't like to admit it, but a lot of times Satan or his demonic spirits is speaking through a lot of our mouths. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And we talk about it around here all the time. Yeah, he does. See, we think we're exempt from all this. Because we're Americans. Look at him looking at me. You see, so that's letting us know that Satan is still in the tempting process and he's still speaking through folks, huh? Why in the world would a wife that loves her husband turn around and say something like that to him? What in the world? Huh? Of course, you know, Job had some good old words for her, didn't he? But he said to her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speakers. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. So this should have gave us a great understanding of what's going on. Let me tell you folks something. This is still going on today. It's just that you hadn't known how to discern it in your own life. Because we're full of ourselves. And we're full of the American ways. Now, anything English language that made us dumber, not smarter. Amen. Hmm? So, you see, at any time, man is using his free will. Yes. Amen. If you're serving God, it's going to reflect in your life. Amen. You're serving Satan, it's going to reflect too. I got plenty of scriptures right here. I may stick this one up on the board, just pass it around. But God has given man and angels a, a will to choose. Yes. He has. Now I'm going to tell you what the gospel does. Gospel either softens your heart or either hardens your heart. Hmm? Same way it does with wax. When the sun hit wax, what does it do to it? Hmm? But it hardens clay, don't it? You never seen no red clay? Let that sun hit it. It'll crack and dry and everything else. Huh? Amen. So it is with truth. We can tell what's going on with you when truth comes. It reveals the nature. Amen. Man has bought about his own destruction and has done according it. He has done it all according to his own will. When Jesus died for our sins, he hung on a tree. Is that what the book says? Amen. Bought about forgiveness to us. Amen? And the power of our faith, it really comes from the indwelling power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is that right? 
Now, I'm going to spend some little time here. I want you, now look, I want to show you some of the theological mind traps that we've been involved in. I'm born again. I'm spirit-filled. Jesus paid the price. It is finished. I'm immune from the devil. All my past, presents, and future sins are automatically gone. Now, my question is, everything that has been said, it may be true. But why are we still, as a people, oppressed and depressed and filled to the brim with diseases and have all kind of evil and wicked ways? See, so we can't continue to have our eyes wide shut. And, and blind us on one eye and can claim to see the other. We're going to come to the reality of the truth and start doing something about it. Amen. We can't just continue to shut up and say that we high, he, 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 ha, ha, ha. We better start doing something about the evil. Because as much as the book talk about good, it talks a lot about the evil too. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now look at this. Galatians 6, 7. Read, brother. Be not deceived. Be not what? Deceived. If you was hearing, you would not, you would be able to repeat it. Amen. Be not what? Deceived. Read on. God is not mocked. God is not what? God is not stupid. God is not going to be taken advantage of. And God is not going to be um, what you would call brought down to the ignorant level of man. Amen. God is not mocked. Read on. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, that's in the New Testament. A lot of people want to know where we get it from. It makes no difference. Still the word. Amen. See, then a satanic mind will say, well, passed out. Does that really mean what it say? It say what it mean. I keep telling you, we have given so much interest to the wicked way. Now, you see the reason why people ain't no better. Huh? I said to a preacher the other day, no, I ain't going to say a preacher. I'm going to say someone who thinks he's a preacher. How about that one? Hmm? He's talking about God, 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 God. And then he starts going over a list of what's wrong with him and wrong with his family and, and something in church. And I said, and I said um, hmm, God, 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 huh? I said, apparently you ain't had too much truth revealed to you. Because then he stops with all that pride. I said, because if your God, 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 I believe in the one eternal true God of the universe. What about you? Well, that's one I believe in too. I said, is he a respect of persons? Uh-oh. Y'all hear me, don't you? I said, then why come I don't have the same testimony you do? Uh, I said, brother, the truth is, one of us has come to the knowledge of the truth and still coming, and one of us had. Because you know how I went from there. I say it's a sad, sad shame that nobody can't even talk to folks nowadays to try to rescue their soul from hell and, and even from destruction because you got so much pride in them. Amen. Ain't no need to sit about boasting about God, 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 and you sick as hell, you and your whole household. I got to go to my doctor's appointment here. Give me some new diabetes pills. You shall know the truth and the truth shall what? That is a law. That is a flat out law of the universe which the eternal himself said is the truth. And don't settle back and claim somebody else is being prideful because they know the truth and they're set free. 
See, that's the reverse psychology that the enemy used that he wants to try to call you prideful and arrogant. Say, well, you know, hey, I'll be whatever you want me to be, but the bottom line is I am free. Amen. And I can say that Jesus has did it. How did he do it? Through the knowledge of the truth. Because when you get the knowledge of the truth, you perform it and you do it. And that's just a, it, come on folks, that's just a flat out truth. See, we don't like, we want everything to be a shady gray so we can all feel better in our mess. No, I'm going to be light. Read verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh. So anybody that sowed to his flesh is going to what? Shall of the flesh. Do what? Reap corruption. So when you come to places like this, we start talking about all your self-rejection, self-hatred, and hatred of others, and how you have spent your life destroying relationships, and this is the reason why you got so much evil and wickedness and calamity in your life, and your mind can't even think straight. Well, Pastor Dodd, that don't say nothing about the flesh. Is your flesh in good health? Is your mind in good health? And something's wrong. And apparently what you believe in the philosophy you adopted ain't working, so you're going to have to hold a new role. In other words, you want to humble yourself. Because don't expect God to bust all heaven open and bring out a light and say, Thus saith the Lord to you, my servant Roger. You better hear. Well, Pastor, I just don't like your application. Anybody full of pride wouldn't like no application because pride don't like being told what to do. No matter which way you say it. The pride, if it's there, boy, it don't make no, you can put it with honey dripping out of you. I proved it. You can say it's soft smoke. I mean, you can get, ooh, soft spoken and just, ooh, and that spirit will still rise up. Read on. But he that soweth to the spirit. But. Isn't that an amazing word? But. Isn't that an amazing word? But. Condition. Based on conditions. So there are some that's going to sow to the flesh. Is that right? And they up that flesh, they're going to reap corruption. And then there are those that's going to do what? Sow to the spirit. Sow to the spirit. And, and of that spirit, they're going to do what? Shall of the spirit. Of the spirit reap what? Reap life. Life and ev that. Everlasting. Everlasting. So choose you this day. You can sow the flesh, justify the flesh all you want and still be in a mess. Or you can sow to the spirit and be clean and washed. And have life more abundantly. And not only that, inherit eternal life. With blessings. This is why I get off into, this is why every once in a while I get off into preaching and insert my little old preaching. You know, I throw my little jabs and stabs in there. See, a lot of us, we got trouble that's going on in our mind. Come on, let's just tell the truth. If, if I'm around Tyler, I act a certain way. And if Tyler lives around me all the time, I let my guard down. And I kind of really just show myself. You know, let's say if all three of us live in the same house. So we get used to each other. So we, we kind of act, we kind of really show out then. But then all of a sudden when somebody else come around, we put on our best behavior, you hypocrite. Amen. When you should be instant in our scene. See, we don't call that spiritual defects and problems when, when reality it really is. It really truly is. And then we wonder why our bodies and our mind ain't acting right. 
Because we ain't doing right. Who's supposed to be instant in and out of season? We ain't no respect the person, so why would I turn around and act one way in front of him and then somebody else come around who I esteem a little high and then put on my hypocritical face? I know how to do it. Forget the suck, Sam, and hypocrisy. How about I just be truthful, honest, and sincere? That's how we're going to let brotherly love continue. And that's how you're going to start noticing a lot of things start changing just because you, you repent, turn from that wicked way. Because that's a wicked way. Amen. Ain't seeing a wicked way. Amen. Look at him looking at me. I know we just all rose petals in here, ain't we? I know I'm dealing with the church. The assembly of God. But I tell you one thing. See, to me, it ain't good enough. I know we're going to be scarcely be saved. But if we're going to be scarcely be saved, after I get into the gate, I ain't planning on just being in and be happy. I want to be close to the front. As I can. I don't want to have to be so far away back from the glory of God, I got to squint to even see it. I want to be right up there. Amen. You know, the Bible talks about crowns. We went over crowns in the book. We went over all the crowns that are written in the book about the crowns that you're going to receive. But everybody ain't going to receive the same amount of crowns. Y'all do know that, right? Everybody's not going to receive the same amount of crowns. Now, we're not working for the crowns. We work for love. And in that love, we receive the crowns. Is that right? I already know what we're going to do when we get the crowns. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And the book already told me. I'm going to show them right back to them and say, you along with worthy. Amen. I can tell you a lot of things that's going to go on. There's a lot of things I can't tell you that's going to go on. Because I haven't seen and hear, haven't heard. Amen. And neither has he entered into the heart of man. But there's a lot of things that give me hope. Amen. I told you, boy, you're going to say to him that overcome, will I grant to sit on my throne? But don't think you stand there. Amen. That's a good analogy. Come on, brothers and sisters. The decree is this. Misery, sorrow, trouble, distress, calamity, wretchedness will result from sin. No, I said this is the result from sin. We're experiencing these things. Anybody understand misery, sorrow, and trouble? Distress, calamity, and wretchedness? Y'all know these are very real feelings. Is that right? But they ain't your feelings. There are feelings that come up on you as a result of sin. Amen. Are y'all listening? Hmm? People who sow sin will reap evil. Is that right? We know. We all know Exodus 15, 26. And the Lord said, if thou wilt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God and do that which is right in his sight and, in, and give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, look at this, I will put none of these diseases now, we know that this is the Lord. I would put none of these. So we think that the Lord's one putting his own in. How about you not obeying him and then these are permitted, these are allowed to come upon you because of your disobedience. Upon thee which I brought. Notice, he is what? Brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. That's the reason why we got to understand the language, brothers and sisters. What is the character and what is the nature of God? And what is the character and what is the nature of Satan? Now, I'll tell you one thing in the end, God will himself do the killing. He said he is, he himself 
is going to destroy the wickedness with the brightness of his coming. Amen. Don't make no mistake about that. Don't, don't think that Satan going to be doing destroying the all. And he's going to be destroyed with them. You better believe it. That's when he's going to do it. And you know what he said? The thing that I wanted from the beginning, I'm going to have. What? A new heaven and a new earth. What? With no sin present. That's where the end of this whole thing is going. And the only one's going to be there in that new heaven and new earth uh, is God and the holy angels that did not sin against him and then those who have been regenerated in this life and those that have loved them enough to keep his commandments and to be born again and filled with his spirit. That's just the truth. Now, Jesus said, I come to give you life and that more abundantly. I don't want to spend a life in misery. And we have not been taught. We ain't even had a clue at how to sanctify ourselves until God brought us to this little old place right here and he had mercy on all of us. On all of us. Starting at the head. If the head is corrupt, then the whole body is corrupt. If the head is holy, then the whole body be holy. So I take it serious. You got these, uh, you got these churches, got preachers and stuff in it, boys. Now, Cindy, she's something else, boy. We's up at East End, and she saw them elders up there come up there, and boy, with their bellies about 12 inches hanging over their gut and stuff, and, and, and can't half walk and stuff. She said, ain't no way I want them laying hands on me. She said, only ones that would lay hands on me are the ones from straightway. That's it. And, hey, that is a very real statement. I wouldn't want no man full of disease and sickness laying his defiled, wicked hands on me, transferring them evil spirits. Because you can transfer by laying on of hands. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Now, notice, in ourselves, we're not complete, but we're complete in him. There's a difference in perspective. When we know that we're complete in him, then we can express our righteousness and boldness in the Lord. And don't have to be ashamed. Ever be ashamed. And the reason why I bring stuff out like this, because if you don't see how people are rejecting God, how would you know it? You'll sit back in a state of confusion. Because these people have been told the truth about the way you should live, how you should eat, how you should obey God. What do we teach people? We teach people obey God, keep his commandments. You follow him, you do it diligently, God would pour out blessings among you. But our flesh loved the world. If we don't do something about this mind, then this mind is going to deceive us and this mind is going to cause hell for us all the days of our life on this earth. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. This is real teaching. The Hebrew word evil is raw. It is never translated sin. Now, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 38, you got that? Read it. But if any man be ignorant. Did y'all hear that? If some man or any man, any man be what? Be ignorant. Read on. Let him be ignorant. I ain't got no trouble. I don't have any problem with somebody who want to be ignorant. Amen. See, now that's another thing we need to overcome. See, a lot of times because our heart is we want people to know the truth. And we really do. We have ambitions for them to know the truth because we want them to experience the same level of freedom and joy that we have. Our problem is is that we don't know when to mind our business when somebody reject God. 
But the Bible says if any man be ignorant, then he got the right to be ignorant. The word let means allow him to be ignorant. Because no matter what man or talking and speaking you do, he ain't going to hear you anyway. If a man is ignorant, then let him be ignorant. Period. Uh oh. Hebrews 5.12. For when... Go ahead. For when, for the time, ye ought to be teachers. Get read on. Ye have need that one teach you again. Do y'all hear that? It says a lot of times we think that we got the we got a right and we got we anointed to teach when really we need to shut up, sit down, shut up, and get taught. Amen. That's right. We get we get overcome by the smallest and faintest of things. Do we want to get up and teach somebody something? We're going to go run our mouth and tell somebody something. We ain't even overcome in the same area ourselves. I said area. I didn't say life. I said area. If you overcome in the area, who would be the best teacher? The one that's overcome. They're the ones that's able to give light in there. But if you're sitting there struggling in the area, how in the world are you going to give somebody some teaching? You ain't going to do it. Read on. Which be... The first principles. We're gonna go back to the beginning. For when, for the time, you ought to be teachers. There's a time when you ought to be teachers. Watch this. You yourself. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Do you understand that? I could be standing around and I could be teaching. I could be four or five people listening and stuff. There ain't a brother that's opening up his mouth and say nothing. You ain't got nothing to teach because you don't even know what I'm gonna say. You already got somebody there wiser than you sitting there. Yes, sir. Yeah, it is. See, we don't like it, though, do we? Nobody in here learned anything of themselves. Everything we got, we got it of God. Is that right? Yes, but God had to use some man to do it. Because God ain't going to allow no man, no God, no angel to preach and teach this gospel. He's going to have somebody just like you in the mess, in the mire, in the clay. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so you can have somebody example. There's a reason why I keep using words. You make sure that you don't never lay a stumbling block before your brother. Why? Because we have the ability to stumble. So you make sure you don't lay no stumbling block before your brother. You live your life in such a manner that you don't lay no stumbling block before your brother and cause him to fall. Oh, praise the Lord. And you know we got this weak spirit in this generation. Every time there's a strong man, then you'll get 20 weak men to rise up to try to attack the strong man and tear him down. So there won't be any strong men in the land. No, we believe in producing men. That's right, men. And in that, I also believe in producing strong women. Strong women in the Lord. Hallelujah. You ever notice that the more, more confidence and knowledge you gain about your God, the more confident you are when you're out in the world? Yes, sir. True. Hmm? Yeah. You ever notice that? No, oh, you know what? I ain't even got to read on. We'll get there. Read on. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Read on. Speed up a little bit. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of unri- in the word of righteousness. So he in the word of uh, right. So he's not talking about everyone that uses purity milk, Amen. goat milk that you get out of the refrigerator and you drink it with your cereal. Amen. 
You can't be on me. See, a baby is the one who drink milk. A baby can't eat can't eat meat. A baby can't can't sit up and tell you what it is to be righteous. Not in the word. God has somebody strong meat. That's why here we produce living examples of the word. Because they that preach the gospel must live of the gospel. And then let a man say that we don't have no power then when we have the ability to demonstrate what our God tells us to. The Holy Ghost give us that. Hallelujah. Read on. For he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Now watch this now. We're going to deal with something. Read on. Even those who by reason of use. What they done? Have their senses exercised. Their senses exercised. That's the reason why we spend so much time on the thought, the imagination, and the mind. Because we're trying to develop senses. Senses that's been ignored. Now the flesh knows about them. But boy, that spirit man, man, he's been deceived in them. Because once you understand this right here, boy, you got you got well over half of the battle conquered. Mine. Read on. To discern both good and evil. Because let's tell the truth. All our lives, we ain't had enough sense to discern good and evil. Said about putting up a damn Christmas tree. Hollering Merry Christmas. Wearing crosses and carrying on and bowing down to them and, and looking to uh, pictures of Jesus. Pastor Smith, well, what he said was, he said, you know, I'll tell you what y'all do with all those pictures of Jesus. I don't care if they black, white, red, yellow, Chinese, blue, and brown. Y'all to put them right over the toilet because that's what mess go. <laughs> and he's right because the scripture said, thou shalt not make unto thee any engraving image any like. So I know where that's a likeness of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's just the truth. So we've been stupid and ignorant. And it's been our lack of knowledge that has destroyed us. How in the world is God going to sit up and have mercy on us? We're sitting up here um, thinking that God's going to coexist with, with strange foreign gods. True. We're supposed to be serving the one true God. And we live in a country that tells us it's okay for you to have statues. It's okay for you to have idols. It's okay for you to have crosses. It's okay for you to celebrate Santa Claus. It's okay if you go, go and look for the Easter Bunny and call it Jesus' birthday. All this is okay. It's okay if you break his commandments. It's okay if you go do your commandments. Everything that God teaches, all oh, that's all done away with. I can't believe we that stupid. I can't believe we that stupid. One thing for sure, though, you know when you come to knowledge true because you're free. You're no longer bound. But you are free. No longer bound. You are seriously free. And you experience freedom too. Amen. You know, when you start doing the right thing, the first thing Jesus started working on is freeing his mind. So you can serve him. Read on. That's it. All right, now watch this. Now here we go. Job 38 verse 3. You might want to highlight this, especially men. Especially men. Read that, brother. Gird up now thy loins like a man. For I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Job has spent all his time in his wallet in self-pity. Spent all his time murmuring and complaining while all these calamities coming up on him. 
What did I do to deserve this? And Job tried to make himself righteous in his own sight. See, you don't, you don't know about it because you, you got to go read the stories. Yes, but that's what he did. And God demanded that Job act like a man yes, and take responsibility for his actions. Yes, See, unless this calamity, unless this trial came up on Job, Job wouldn't even know all this was in his heart. Yes, Somebody said, what was all in Job's heart? Well, I can't spend four hours explaining Job to you again. Because, boy, Joe, I'm telling you, I got a message on Job. It would behoove you to take a listen to. That and Elihu. Just a beautiful message. But this is the major problem amongst men today. We're weak as hell. Anytime self-pity comes, well, you know what we all do? We all get us some big extra large depends. And, and, and one of those big old yeah, we should, and just put them on you, make you walk around on the land with them. No, man up. It's about walling and crying and carrying on. Yeah, I'm telling the truth. And you should want to wear them too, because you ain't got enough sense to shame yourself. Now I tell you, boy, you you talking about a bad thing when a man gets wallowing in self pity. Yes, sir. <laughs> man, they ain't fit for the dung heap. See, this is stuff to motivate you, man. That's the truth, man. That's what you should be saying. You should be saying that, man. That's the truth, man. I should be. I need to be manning up. God tell you to quit. In fact, God said you be like a man. Get up and gird up your loins. Amen. Notice, girt up the loins. Amen. Amen. Watch this. Matthew 18, 35. Read, brother. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If ye from your heart. Hop, stop right there. If you from your what? Hearts. Hearts. If you from your what? Hearts. Now, I'm going to try a pop quiz in here since we've been doing this thing for a long time. Read the rest. Forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Now what does that mean? How do you know when you've forgiven someone from their heart? I mean, when you've forgiven someone from your heart, how do you know? Sister Diane. Very good, sister. She said whenever you don't have no more pain, no more bad feelings at the thought or the memory. That's how you know you're forgiven from the heart. You still got pain, you ain't forgiven. I don't care what you said with your words in your mouth. All you did was deceive yourself. Well, Lord, the same thing as now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep you ain't done nothing. You still got pain in your heart about the situation, the circumstance, or the memory of it. You ain't forgiven from the heart. And as a result, your body shows that you're still perplexed, tormented, and deceived. And you're still wretched and undone. And all you did was appease your conscience for the time being. Amen. So you've forgiven someone from the heart when there's no more pain associated with whatever the cause was. Amen. Even at the thought of or the memory of a lot of times it'd be good for you to spend time to go back and reevaluate some of the things you said you have forgiven. 
Yeah, say, say, okay, yeah, I'll say I've forgiven this. And, and then kind of meditate on it just for a second just to see if you really forgive. Because if you're really forgiven, all you're doing is doing a, a self-evaluation. There won't be no more pain in the heart. Even if the person or sister, brother, whoever it is, come around, still won't be no pain. You'll be able to deal with them and walk with them, right, in, in honesty, truth, and sincerity because you ain't going to have nothing in your heart that's going to motivate an adverse reaction towards them. Well, everybody always want to know how you forgive. Well, you got, you're getting it. You know, you're forgiving someone from the heart when there's no more pain. What do you mean pain? I ain't talking about somebody pinch you or hit you with a baseball bat. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that emotional disturbance of a pain is in the memory of man. Makes you feel bad. The little pricks. Get rid of them. And then that's when you start the healing process. You listen? Are y'all hearing that? That's how you forgive from That's how you know you're forgiven from the heart. Don't sit there and deceive yourself. Have you ever seen folks say, I forgive and then, oh, I forgive them, then they turn around and blast them. Talk about, oh, they hurt me. You don't know they did it. And you're sitting here, now, the informed believer sitting here like this. Are y'all eating too much? You sure? I ain't too much, right? Hmm. I don't believe in sitting around playing around and toying with God's people. I believe in telling the truth. Amen. We've been toyed with long enough. We wasted too much time. Amen. I'm telling you that. Yes. Amen. Amen. So if there's no more emotional pains from the memory, then you're forgiven. Amen. If there is, you ain't forgiven. And don't deceive yourself. And if you got some problems going on in your body, don't sit up there and ask God what's, what's the problem is. You check your heart. I'm telling you the truth. I didn't say the truth. I didn't say, hey, we didn't say you was going to be sitting up here holding up flags and stuff and blowing a trumpet and saying thank God for the truth when it comes. You should be, though. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you what, pride does keep a man from self-examining himself. Pride always points the finger and put it on somebody else. You're the reason why my cause, you're the reason for my trouble, you're the reason why for my calamity. You know, the only reason why everything ain't going right because of what everybody else is doing to me. People don't love me. People don't receive me. People don't do this for me. People don't smile at me. People don't look at me. People don't hold me. People don't hold my hand. People don't hug me. Just people, just people, just people, just people, just people. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Nobody taking no responsibility for themselves. Amen. I thought you didn't need nobody but God. Amen. I say something wrong, brother. No, we get to get the reality, brothers and sisters. Amen. Yes, sir. We got to purify ourselves. We got to sanctify ourselves just like the Bible says. Amen. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now watch this. The spirit, the soul, and the body are all connected. There ain't no such thing as just one entity within themselves. Amen. The spirit, the soul, and the body. You don't believe me? We see a body. That body hosts the spirit and the soul, yes or no? Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And y'all thank God that you actually, that he has put you at a place to where your mind can be worked on. 
you know, the Bible implies in Scripture that it talks about that, you know, the people who receive a lot of calamity, distress, and up on their lives is the one who mind earthly things. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. The Bible says set your affections on things above and all on the things of this earth. Is that right? Yes, is that what it says? Yes, sir. Read on, brother. And the very God of peace. The very God of who? Peace. Peace. This can't be Satan. Nope. This cannot be Satan. There's only one God is peace. Is that right? Yes. Come on, what does Isaiah 7, 14 says? Come on, what does Isaiah 9, 6 says? Amen. We know what the word says. There's only one prince of peace. Yes. Only one prince of peace. Only one prince of peace. Is that right? Read on. Sanctify you whole. So the very God of peace, he wants to sit there and let you stay the way you are. It didn't say that, did it? He said, the very God of peace, sanctify you what? Holy. holy. And, and that, that what now? What is holy? Read on. And I pray God, your whole spirit. Your whole spirit. And soul. And soul. And body. And your body. Be preserved blameless. Be preserved what? Blameless. And you ought to see what people do to try to preserve this body. They'll do everything. If the newest cream come out and say it can fade a spot, boy, they'll go Biden. Tummy tucks, boob lips. They do everything to this body. Everything to this body. They, man do everything he can to preserve this body. This natural. Yeah, he does. And everything. And ain't nobody concerned about their spirit and soul. But God said, I pray that your whole spirit soul and now that's also telling us something let me tell you something if the spirit and soul is right the body be taken care of Amen. yeah it is and I'm going to tell you something else too that the body talks about in Romans 6 chapter this is the body of sin your body is a body of sin you better believe we'll, we'll go over that this, 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 this body is a body of sin this, the body of sin Somebody said, no, we're the body of Christ. Yeah, but you got a body of sin. You better believe you do. You get, yeah, it is. It's loaded. That's the reason why he's praying for the whole sanctification of spirit, soul, and body. I want you to actively get busy, brothers and sisters. Can y'all see how a lot of things we've ascribed to God when it's really Satan? See, the, what the mind would do today is it would blame God for putting the, the tree of good and evil in the garden and sticking the snake in and say that God set us all up from the beginning. Come on. Amen. Tell them the truth. Amen. God did the same thing with man as he did with the angels up there when Satan rose up his prideful self. All the angels didn't go. All the angels didn't rebel against the king of glory. No, they didn't. They didn't rebel against him. Mm-hmm. Notice, the Bible did say a tree of good and evil. Hmm? And you know what else God said over in Genesis third chapter? This is what else he said. He said, you know what? He said, you know what? We need to put forth our hand right now. Because this man is done partooking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we better do something about it. We better go and take a hold of that tree of life. Lest he take of that and he be one of us. What do you mean one of us? In other words, he going to live eternally just like us on this earth. We don't do something about this tree. Come on. I'll read you. 
That's right. So God preserved that tree of life. Why? Because the tree of life is only reserved for those in the end. The tree of life is only reserved for those in the end, which you will read about in the book of Revelations. You better believe it. Read on. Unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So not, not just for today. He wants our spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. Now let me ask you, how are you doing with your spirit? Are you working on it? Are you apathetic, complacent? Are you, doing, are you actively doing something about it? Or are you too busy still making excuses for it? I had this one lady email me and say, say, you know what, you're an anointed teacher, but you sure do learn. You need to learn how to talk to people. Hmm? I said, go to hell, you witch. I said, now, how you like that kind of talk? How you like that one? Boy, I can't wait till I get a response on that one. If I get one. Oh, foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you? Who evidently, Jesus Christ's eyes been set before you. This only what I know of you. And I got something I do want to know too. How'd you receive the word of God? See, that's what I'm talking. We love being bewitched. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh, say can you see the daughter We love singing them bewitched Christmas carols, don't we? Oh, God understand. We doing it all in honor of him. How you going to do that when he didn't approve of it? See, man ain't no difference. He ain't hard to understand. He's still doing the same thing he always done. Created a God after his own image. Amen. Same way Israel told Aaron, no, nah, man, you're going to make us a calf, man, so we can serve God. This ain't, we know it ain't God, but it just give us something to look to. We some messed up people. Proverbs 16, 24. Listen to the words, brothers and sisters. Pleasant words are as an Destruct, Destructive words. No. Pleasant. Killing words. Mad words. Upset words. Pleasant words. Are as what? A honeycomb. Read it from the beginning. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb. Read on. Sweet to the soul. Sweet to the what? Soul. Soul. Pleasant words. Let me ask you, how often do you spend time speaking pleasant words? Hmm? Now, I know you speak pleasant words to the people you don't see all the time, but what about at home? Hmm? Let me go back to me, Jonathan, and Tyler. See, because we too busy letting our guard down because we living together and stuff, so there ain't too much pleasant words. We're in the process of sanctifying our soul, right? It says pleasant words are sweet as a honeycomb. We're in Proverbs 16, 24. Is that right? Sweet to the what? Soul. Pleasant words are sweet to the soul. You want some honey for your soul? Get some pleasant words, huh? And health to the what? Bones. To, now, where's the bones? Come on. We're going to get there. Come on. The bones carry the marrow. Is that right? Yes. The marrow is where the, the strongest part of the immune system. Is that right? Come on, sir. Is that right? Amen. Come on, brothers and sisters. 
Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And we wonder, well, oh, ow. Now, a certain thing, age you're going to have with, but boy, when you're around my age, you shouldn't be going through all that unless you don't defy the law of sowing and reaping. Don't know how you think you're going to jump out of somebody's plane, slam on the ground, and then expect to be walking like you're a 15-year-old boy. Amen. You are out of your mind. Amen. No, you sold to the flesh. You're going to reap some corruption there. You're just going to deal, pray all you want, son. The Lord, I know he can hear me. I was ignorant in this. So I've learned over the years, and those I said, I said the key word, I have learned over the years that in the law of sowing and reaping, there's a lot of things that I just need to flat out just forget about. Amen. Now it has to come to do with emotional and spiritual disturbances, stuff that are from the emotional and spiritual realm that is affecting the soul, and then it's showing out in the body. Boy, now, now I know I can get a hold to God on that one. But don't go up and take an axe and chop off your thumb and say, God, I'm sorry for, for, for sowing to the flesh. Now, hey, give me a new thumb. Amen. I'm telling you, people think like that. They, they really do. I remember one time we was down at Mary Street down here, and um, uh, Sister Reese's son was dying. He was dying of AIDS. Yes. And nobody in the church wanted to get close to him. The only people that got around was myself and Pastor Rice. And he had all kind of sores and balls and stuff on him and stuff. And I mean, and nobody wanted to, he was sitting right here and it was, it was just clear out. It's supposed to be Holy Ghost filled sanctified people now. And so she told me about it. Couldn't even, didn't want to tell the pastor what he get close to. I said, all right, I'll come over there. What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, AIDS, huh? Yep, yep, yep. As I tell you what, you need to go ahead and prepare your heart to get ready to meet God. I'm not going to lie to you like these people are. These people are going to lie to you. But I'm telling you, you're going to die. That's what you're going to do. You might as well get ready to meet your God. Because if you sold to the flesh, you are the flesh read corruption. And guess what? Yours has done gone to the stages that has progressed past. What God, if God even saved your soul, it would be mercy. So what you need to do is worry about getting your eternal soul right. Uh, then some religious person will probably say, well, you're speaking death. Now, I just got finished speaking life. I get in line because, see, while he's trying to make provision for the flesh, he better be making spirit provision for the eternal soul. And that's how I tell you what I do. I will pray for you and, and lay hands on you that you may get some relief. See, a lot of folks don't like it, though. Come on, brother. So if you're on kidney dialysis and your kidneys shut down and stuff, don't expect God to bring back the healing. Come on, are you really want to be healed because you just want your body to feel better? Or you want or you really want your soul and your mind restored and renewed in the Lord, getting ready for the next life? What's your motivation? What's your intent? What's your purpose for it? Is it just because you just want some relief for your own little sorry self? Or you want to do something for the glory of God? You could be sitting there on a dialysis machine. You could be sitting there uh, messed up, swollen up, beat up, and everything else. And when somebody come along, you should have a story to tell them how God sanctified you, how God has set your soul right. We even got our heart and spirit wrong because we want God help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, not even thinking about others in our thought pattern at all. You don't live the life of sin in that body of sin. So now let's do something for the glory of God. So I grabbed hold some oil. I had some sores. I put my hand right there, right on top of him, and I started praying for him. And everybody looked. Pastor Rice grabbed him, put something right here on his neck, and everybody looked. We walked around, they walked around that way. 
I said, that's church folk for you. That's church folk for you. Hey, that was 12 years ago, 15 years ago. And of course, you know, they say the onset of AIDS, if you got it and stuff, it's supposed to be taking place at least by five years, it's supposed to be set in by 10 years, man. You should be a wreck. Doing pretty good, ain't it? Lying devil. Worry about no stinky AIDS. This called ever increasing faith. Faith that you'll live by and get the substance by. Come on, if I was a weak, sorry man of God, what would we be? I'll get up and you be up here, oh, pastor, oh, pastor. I want somebody to put their finger in my face and say, man, shut up, man. What you been teaching all this time, you sorry thing? Huh? Huh? Well, it does sound like them words, don't it? That's where it should be. Amen. Let me tell you something. You start to learn how to take into account how you respond to people. Because how you respond to people is definitely showing you what's going on in your spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 12, 25. Listen to the word. Read on. Heaviness in the heart of man. What man in here that don't know what heaviness is like? All right, nobody. So what heaven? What man in here that knows when a heart is heavy what it feels like? Any man? Heaviness in the heart of a man make it what? Stoop. Boy, have I been there. I've been there. Anybody ever been there? Read on. But a good word. But a good word. Amen. Would do what? Make it Make it glad. glad. I believe in speaking life to each other, brothers and sisters. Sometimes people, when they're down and out, they don't need you to come and try to act like you're the pastor, the preacher, the teacher, the Holy Ghost, and everything else, and so-called reproving and rebuking. How about sometimes we just become a brother and sister at times and then try to speak a sound word to them? Something's going to try to lift up that heart. How about we try to speak some words of life to somebody? They're already heavy. They don't need no more. Already carrying enough talents on their shoulders. Speak some, let's get some words. Good, good, wholesome words. They may resurrect that dead soul. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's all right, brother. Everything, that's all right, brother and sister. Everything I'm teaching is right. Amen. You better believe it. Amen. But a good word, make it glad. Proverbs 14:30. Read this. Go on, brother. A sound heart. A sound heart is the life. Of the flesh. Now, you want your flesh to start doing good? Let's do something about this heart. See, we're right back at the heart again. Yes, Don't tell me, brothers and sisters, it's just like a jigsaw puzzle. We're right back at this heart again. Yes, you want your flesh to be, you want your flesh to do good? Let's just get this heart right. Amen. Let's get this heart right. Amen. The heart ain't right. The flesh ain't going to be right. That's all it is to it. Amen. 
let's get the issues of life worked out in his heart. You can do everything. You can put the latest cream, the latest potion, the latest whatever, lotion or whatever on your flesh. It ain't going to do it no good. <laughs> get this heart right. Read on. But envy. But envy is what? The rottenness of to the what? bones. Of the, then we all back in the bones again. Bones them, bones them, dry bones them, bones them, bones them, dry bones. Them bone, them bone, them dry bones. Now hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> Sound hard is a lie for the flesh, brothers and sisters. Huh? But envy is the rottenness of the what? Mary seemed like everywhere we go, the Bible's talking something about some bones. Hmm? It's telling us something, isn't it? Can you hear it? Can you hear the Holy Spirit? See, I may be saying something, but I know he's saying something different than you. You could either be hearing from the devil or the spirit while you're sitting in here. Yeah. Yeah, he could. Mm -hmm. He could. Read on, brother. Proverbs, Proverbs 15, 30. Come on. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. Uh-oh. Y'all know that the eyes is the window to the soul, don't you? If you don't know that, read the scripture to tell you that. Mm-hmm. The eyes is the window to the soul. Yeah, it is. read again, brother. Start it again. The light of the eyes. The light of the eyes. Rejoices the heart. Rejoices the what? The so you're going to be able to tell what's going on in somebody's heart by whatever light is emanating from those eyes. Amen. And we ain't talking about these fake, phony smiles that we put on either. Amen. Somebody's spiritual, you ain't going to cover that up. They can see right through that facade. Amen. Yeah, they can. But come on, brother. We're talking about something real now. Amen. Read on. And a good report. A good report do what? Maketh the bones fat. Make the bones fat. Isn't that? We're back at the bones again. Make the bone. The reason why God keeps talking a lot about the bones because he wants our immune system to be strong. He's trying to give us a message here. See, the, the bones carry the marrow. The marrow is stuff what holds all that good stuff and it sends it out to all the different places of the body. But it's also, he also letting us know that this is direct Direct, you know, there's like intertwined together with the heart. Amen. Letting you know that if you want your body to be doing any good, you got to get your heart right. Amen. You're going to start doing some repairing on your heart. Yes. Amen. I'm telling you, you can do all the stuff. You can go take all the calcium you want. Amen. Yeah, you can take, man, you can do all that you want. Your heart ain't right, you still going to be deficient. You could take all the calcium and go to the doctor and get all the readings. Oh, you are fine, fine, fine. And boy, your heart's still messed up and your body's still being destroyed and depleted. And you ain't got no answer. You know why? Because you cannot solve spiritual problems with natural means. The natural is there for a reason. After you have done that, which you should have done and should be doing spiritually, then you can rebuild yourself up and allow the herb of the field to service you, man. Oh, now you be wasting your money trying to. How many people you know since saying ain't no more just wasting their money? They just sit up and just buy herb out there, herb and herb, and just want to think they're going to get better and better, and still ain't getting no better. Still ain't getting no better. Come on. Let's read uh, Proverbs 17 22. 
So, I, I, let me tell you something. Instead of our bones getting, you know, in, instead of our bones getting fat, we've allowed our mouths to get fat. Uh-oh. Come on, Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. You want some medicine? Do you tell people today, we've been so conditioned our mind medicine. You want some medicine? I give you some medicine. ain't going to cost you nothing. So we'll get some medicine. ain't going to cost you a liquor. I'll tell you what it'll cost you. We'll cost you a change. That means you're going to get out of sadness and start being merry. And we ain't talking no Merry Christmas either. Yeah, we're talking about being glad. Amen. A merry heart do a good like a... Medicine. But watch this one. But a broken spirit... A, a broken spirit. A spirit that is broken. It, what does it do? Dryeth the Dryeth bones. the bones. Come on, Psalms 31.10, read on. For my life is spent with grief. Anybody ever spent their life in grief, any portion of it? Amen. You know, if anybody ever spent they, any portion of their life in grief, they would be the ones to be able to tell you about it and to help you. They'll be good ministers of the gospel. I'll tell you, boy, they said, man, I understand where you're coming from. And then you know what they could do with that? They could start speaking these words of life. Because they understand. They could speak these words of truth, these words of life to them. Give them something to go off of. Huh? Instead of letting life's trials and we talk about it, just remember the bad from one, we use them as a learning tool, a stepping stone. Just say, hey, man, hey, I was tried, come forth as gold because of Jesus. Joe didn't, uh-huh, kept the faith. Still in the faith. Still still standing. Devil meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Hallelujah. Devil thought he's going to take me out, but look, I'm still here. Still here. It didn't work like he thought it was going to work. He thought it was going to take me farther away from God, but instead it drew me closer to him. Hallelujah. I can say of the truth that everything that I've ever been through in my life, it has done nothing but work out my salvation for God. Yeah, it had. Didn't do nothing but draw me closer to God. Didn't feel good while I was in it, but boy, let me tell you something. I saw the hand of the Lord bring me out of every situation. Every circumstance, when it looked like that I was gonna die, when it looked like I didn't have nobody else around to even help me, my God was with me. We all got a testimony how God has helped us overcome. You know, how we overcome because we overcame in our mind. All we did was obey God's word, and He performed that which He said He was gonna do. All He's doing is waiting for you to just perform it. Oh, he's doing waiting for you to believe it. So I keep telling you from the beginning, God didn't put doubt, unbelief, and hard heartedness in us. It wasn't even on earth. It didn't come on earth until sin entered the earth. And when sin entered the earth, that's when all this stuff come. That's why we have to unlearn all this and learn the ways of God so we can walk in faith. Y'all understand this, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. All right, watch this now. Watch this now. What was we at? Oh, yeah. My, my life is spent with grief. Is that right? Uh-huh. Read on. And my years with sign. Years with sign. Read on. My strength faileth because. Why? Because I'm righteous. Of mine iniquity. Because I'm just. Say mine iniquity, brother. Mine iniquity. Because I'm true. No, mine iniquity. Because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. No, mine iniquity. Because I'm suffering for wrong. Mine iniquity. Isn't that something? 
I'm suffering because of my iniquity. And my what? Bones. My what? Are consumed. There we go again. Amen. Bones are consumed. God puts a lot of emphasis on these bones, but I'm telling you, like, yes, she, yes, she does. But notice how it's associated. Look, my life is spent with grief. Where does grief take place at? In the bones or in the mind? Huh? It's in the mind because, see, our soul realm acts it out through the emotion. Are y'all hearing this? And my years were sign. <sighs> sign is an example of what's going on in the mind. Is that right? My strength fell in me. Why? Because of the destruction that's going on. I don't even got strength no more. Amen. I know I ain't got strength because ain't, no, ain't nothing in my immune system to keep me strong. Come on. I'm destroying my own self by my own thoughts and my own ways. Yes. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4, 7. We're going to read Philippians 4, 7 um, through 9. Read on. And the peace of God. Somebody say, and the peace of God. So that means there is a peace of God. Y'all hear this? And the peace of God do what? Which passeth all understanding. Y'all hear that? God's peace pass all understanding. It pass all understanding. Is that right? Read on. Shall keep your hearts. Oh, at, what keeps our hearts? The peace. I'm glad some of us are with me. Thank you, brother. Just you and I in church days, right? What, what, what keeps your heart, brother? Peace of God, peace of God. Peace of God keeps your heart. The peace of God keeps your. The peace of God keeps your. If you ain't got no peace, that's because you ain't got God. Amen. Okay, you can holler and scream, you got God, you love God all you want, but peace shows who you got. Is that right? And the peace of God should do what? Read on, brother. Keep your heart and, and, and mind. what? And mind. If your mind ain't peace, you ain't got God. You don't give place to the devil. Why can't we see that? Yeah. Open up your eyes and see. If your mind is troubled, you, don't, you ain't got God in it. You got the devil in it. Amen. It's the peace of God that keeps your heart and mind. Read on. Through Christ Jesus. Wow. Now, now we know how we got it, though, don't we? Through Christ Jesus. Now, now all this is based on conditions. Your free will is going to have to allow this. Amen. So I know that whenever calamity and destruction is up on you and stuff, I know one of the toughest things to do is speak the word of faith. The Bible tells you clearly you call the things that are not as though they were, don't it? Uh-oh. And we go, since we can't see it, we don't call nothing. I'll tell you what, you better start opening your mouth wide and speaking faith. Amen. And stop walking by sight. Hallelujah. Read on. Finally. Finally. That means that's the last thing. Amen. Read on. Brethren. Uh-oh. So we know who he, he's on finally world. Nope. Finally Egyptians. Nope. Finally Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites. Nope. Finally brethren. Nope. Read on. Whatsoever things are true. Are true. Read fast, brother. Whatsoever things are honest. So whatever things that are what? True. True. Whatever things are Honest, y'all hear this? So we got true and honest, right? Read on. Whatsoever things are just, just truth, honest, and just. Read on. Whatsoever things are pure, pure. What else? Whatsoever things are lovely, lovely. What else? Whatsoever things are of good report, good report. Read on. If there be any virtue, any virtue. If there be any praise, any praise. Think on these things. Now you know what you got to think on. 
Bible just clearly told you what to think on. Now, if you can't think on these, don't go blaming everybody else because your distress and calamities come up on you. The Bible just gave you direction on what to do. And don't tell me you can't think on it. You ain't got Christ Jesus no more. See, brothers and sisters, we're in a war. We're in a war. We, we, we have to learn the ways of righteousness. Yeah, we do. Read on. Those things which you have both learned. Have you learned anything, brothers and sisters, at all? I mean, because we ain't learning now. We might as well shut this thing down. We need to go find somebody else for all of us to listen to. If we ain't learning nothing, we need to just go and shut it down. That's the truth. I'm telling the flat out truth. Read on. And received. And received. That's depending on if we want it or not. We hope that we have received it. Is that right? Read on. And heard. And heard. Well, we, we say we heard, right? All right, read on. And seen in and me. And seen in me. What that Paul said? He talking, boy. Yes. Read on. Do. Do. And the God of peace shall do what? Shall be with you. Man, I can say the same things, man. The things you've learned, the things you've seen. Yeah, I can. Oh, yes, I can. The things you've heard and the things you see me do, do the very same things. And the God of peace, he'll be with you. Yeah, well, he'll be with you too. You can take it with him everywhere you go. Every single way you go. Yeah, you got when you follow me as I follow Christ, you follow a good example. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you is. Does not Paul say, follow me as I, based on conditions, as I follow Christ. If I ain't following Christ, you don't follow me nowhere. Ain't that what it says? Come on, Elder Dow said, hey, brothers, we're going to go over here and we're going to talk to these folks about Jesus. You can follow him because he's following Christ. If he say, come on, brother, let's go on down to the juke joint and win some souls, you can say, man, like hell, Elder Dow, you done got a spirit on you. I ain't following you there. <laughs> you, you can say, oh, this is where we draw the line right here. We ain't going there. Amen. Going to the juke joint. And brother Ed said, man, come on, brother. I got a good idea. I just had the Holy Ghost speak to me. Well, we're going to go to the gentleman's club and save those women. Y'all better start going doing some serious work on that brother. Because he that man lying. Brother Juan may say, out of mouth of two or more witnesses, let the word be established. I agree. Let's go. Y'all really got trouble then, boy. <laughs> and Brother Juan said, my goodness. <laughs> So you can see, hey, that's good examples that you, you, you don't follow people in that. They ain't following Christ in that. No, he ain't. No, they ain't. Negative thoughts and emotions actually destroy our health. But it's only, they're only allowed to destroy them when we give them permission. Is that right? We live in a time, brothers and sisters, that people are spiritually bound. Amen. And changing your mind just ain't going to do it. Is that right? Now, how can we warn if we constantly do not know how to recognize the enemy using religious-minded people who are not in the process of sanctifying or, or in the sanctification process? In other words, you ever seen some people that they say, oh, praise the Lord, glory, hallelujah, and stuff, and they want you to receive them just based on what they say. Right. But when you do it, when you analyze their life 
for they say, you can see that they're not lining up to the, this is the will of God. Even your sanctification, they're not being sanctified and stuff. You know what I mean? You won't be deceived. That's like go to the church of your choice. There's only one church. There's only one church, church of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Isaiah 29, 20. Read on. For the terrible one is brought to naught. Oh, boy. We got to hit this. For the terrible one is brought to what? Read on. And the scorner is consumed. The scorner is consumed. Read on. And all that watch for iniquity are cut off. Y'all hear that? It's saying the scoffer is going to cease. And those who watch for iniquity or, let me paraphrase this for you, one who looks for an occasion to accuse. They're going to be cut off. Amen. See, you got a lot of stuff you got to work out, brother. So we all, we got to get busy. Amen. See, we have experienced a lot of peace at the word of truth. But we ain't what we should be. And I'm telling you, that you can forget about if you ever think we're going to feel comfortable around here. We ain't going to get comfortable and, and then holler and say we've arrived. No, we ain't either. No, we ain't. We're going to enjoy comfort as we go. But we ain't going to sit down and say, well, we done finished. We done we done did it. Oh, <laughs> pull up the box, you. Come on, truth. Yeah, Ain't gonna happen around here. Amen. We got to keep going till the breath goes out of our body. Amen. Is that right? Yes, Amen. Isaiah 29, 21. Read it. That make a man an offender for a word, and lay a snare for him that reproveth in the gate, my, my, my. and turn aside the just for a thing of naught. There are certain types of people who actually lay traps into other people's minds against those who uphold righteousness and justice in the gates. Hey, some of you folk, man, have your own so-called family and friends. They don't know nothing about us, but they talk evil as I don't know what about us. Don't know nothing about us. And all it is is the enemy trying to use a snare to trap you in your soul. That's it. Why wouldn't the enemy do that? You don't see the enemy warning anybody about going to the, the, the missionary Baptist church up here. Huh? The people in our time, they don't even get warned about the Mormons no more. Or the Jehovah Witnesses. They don't even get warned by them. They just warned by us. Asking what we're doing. <clears throat> now watch this. These are the weak and ignorant man. What is a scorner? Well, a scorner is one to scorn to make mouths at and one who talks arrogantly. Proverbs 14, 6. Read on, brother. A scorner seeketh wisdom. A scorner do what? In other words, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Read on. And findeth it not. And he still don't get it. Read on. But knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. You ever get it by once some people understand and then other people just can't flat out get it? Hmm? Proverbs 15, 12. Read on. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him. Man, a scorner don't love one that reproveth him. Read on. Neither will he go unto the wise. He can't do that when he think he wise. Hmm? Proverbs 19, 25. Read on. Smite a scorner, and the simple will beware. You smite him, the whole simple will beware. Read on. 
and reprove one that hath understanding. If you take a man and he's got understanding, look what, look what, look how he will respond and react. And he will understand knowledge. He gonna understand knowledge. Proverbs twenty one eleven. When the scorner is punished. When the scorner is what? Punished. Read on. The simple is made wise. The simple is made wise. Read on. And when the wise is instructed. When the wise is instructed, read on. He receiveth knowledge. He received the knowledge. Isn't that something? Proverbs 21, 24. Proud and haughty scorner is his name. Isn't that something? That is his what? Name. name. You wouldn't be out of order by calling somebody scorner. When you see him scorner, man, how you doing scorner? The Bible says proud and what? Haughty. Haughty is the who name? Is his name. Scorner name. Scorner name. Yes. Who dealeth in proud wrath. Amen. Because remember, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Amen. Proverbs 22.10, read on. Cast out the scorner. There we go. Mother Stallings used to thunder that around here years ago. So you cast him out, boy, you want to see what happened. Read on. And contention, and shall, contention go shall go. When we start casting folks out, boy, it did go. Amen. They took it all with them. Amen. Every bit of it. Amen. All the hell they had in them, it was gone away. You ever been in churches, Brother Mike, where they ain't nothing but just, just constant, just war? You can you can walk in the place, you go, what in the world? You can feel the heaviness. You're like, man. In the world. That's because somebody in there got a scorning spirit. If it's not two, three, or four. The Bible instruction is you cast them out. And then what happened? Read it again. Cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. All the contention will go right along with them. Because they are hosting for the devil. Keeping a bunch of mess going. Hey, it's just the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. And yea, strife and reproach shall cease. Proverbs 24, verse 9. The thought of foolishness is sin. Even the thought of foolishness is sin, brothers and sisters. It's just flat out sin. Read on. And the scorner is an abomination to men. A flat out abomination to men. Is that right? All right, we're going to go to Romans, the sixth chapter. Everybody, please turn there. Are y'all getting weary? Are y'all sure? We don't want to wear out the patience of the saints. <laughs> when you have it, say amen. amen. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Brothers and sisters, can we can we just keep going out and sin and say we got grace? No. Can we just go on? Do, do we have a license to sin? No, we got grace. That don't mean we can go sin, though. Is that right? So, hey, come on, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The Bible says, God forbid. How shall we that are what to sin? Dead to sin, live any longer therein. Then he asked a question, know ye not, know ye not what? That so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his what? Death. death. Is that right? Yeah. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That, and like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the what? Newness of life. Is that right? For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall also be 
in the likeness of his what? Resurrection. The same way we was planning this death, same way we're going to raise up. Is that right? Yeah. Now, this is what we all need to know. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the who man is crucified? Oh, man. The who man? Oh, Do you remember your old man? Yeah. Then why in the world you bring him over into this regeneration then? Why we still still see remnants of him in his regeneration? If he's crucified now, in other words, we better get about busy crucifying him. Is that right? Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the what? Y'all ain't y'all sitting there with your heads planted in the book that the body of sin, body of sin, body of sin might be destroyed. For what? There's a purpose to it that we henceforth should not do what? Serve, Serve sin. This body is a body of sin. For he is he that is dead is freed from sin. You see that? That's all I keep telling you, brother. So our problem as believers today is not really so much a sin as it is wickedness. If we fall into sin or something like that, we got to navigate with the Father, but that really ain't our trouble today. You can't see who's in here just willfully breaking the commandment. I mean, we're just breaking them every single week. See what I mean? But folks out there, they do it all the time and say, well, we, we sin, you sin, I sin. We all say, like, hell, we do. And no, we don't either. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. We don't practice sin. Now, I'm not a fool to say that I don't have no sin, but we don't practice sin. We're about our father's business, killing his body of sin. We're not going to make no excuse for it. So that's what that sorry spirit wants you to do. Wants you to make excuses for sinning so you can have a license of sin. So you can say, you ain't no better than I, I ain't no better than you. And we ain't trying to be better than each other. Amen. We compare ourselves amongst ourselves. We ain't wise. Amen. The measuring stick is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And this example say, you killed and you crucified. Knowing this, that this old man is crucified with him. So this body of sin don't rest rule and reign over us. Amen. Is that right? right man. Knowing this that Christ being raised, is that right? Yes. Being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death had no more dominion over him. For he that, ha- look, for in that he died, he died once. He died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. You see, we already done dead to sin once, right? So now we need to spend the rest of our days living for God. We done lived in sin once. That's enough of that nonsense. Let's live for God now. Amen? Likewise, reckon yourselves also what? To be what? Dead. Some of us just refuse to flat out die. Yeah, yeah, we do. We just stubborn hard-headed we just say I ain't gonna die that's what we're doing we will say man brother don't you know he this brother don't you know sister don't you know say so you know, yeah I know I know I know I know I know no yeah you refuse to die you refuse to crucify that old man and you expect us to put up with him oh create an unhealthy environment You be indeed dead unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let 
not sin, therefore reign in your mortal body. So we do know that the body of sin is that sin where, the, where sin is reigning in mortal bodies. Is that right? And the admonishment is don't you let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't you let sin rule in your mortal body. Now don't tell me that since we saved, we can sit down and don't do nothing. We got a whole life of, of, of sanctification to do. We got a whole life of working out our salvation. We got a whole life. We got, we got plenty to do. I promise there's enough flesh to go around for everybody. Yes, it is. That ye shall obey it and the lust thereof. Neither ye yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Are we alive from the dead? Hallelujah. Weren't we dead in our trespasses and dead in our sins? Have not Jesus Christ quickened us and made us alive by the Holy Ghost? And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Ain't no way sin should rule over a born again, say sanctified, Holy Ghost feeling, fire baptized, amen, by the blood of Jesus Christ, be reigning and having dominion and authority over you in any way, shape, fashion, or form. Amen. Did I say something wrong? For you are not under the law. There you go, brothers and sisters. We're not under the law. What? The law of sin. So see, these ignorant people, when they say you ain't under the law, they don't even know what they're talking about. You ain't under the law of sin. But we're under grace. That's how we got grace to not sin. Not grace to sin. I, this is a perverted teaching. I know the Baptists preach it because I used to be bad. I know what they preach. Amen. So I've been trying to make folk feel comfortable in sin. No wonder they all look like a bunch of unclean pigs. Yes, sir. Even their nose and mouth and eyes start even shaping and look like pigs. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but so they're so packed full of demons. Start even expressing, look like them in their expression. Amen. You ain't never seen that Baptist look. Amen. I'll point it out to you one day. Every yeah. I'll point They do have a certain look. Oh, yeah. Every religion has a certain look yes, about it. Amen. Yes, Amen. I walked up to people and, and I say, you're Pentecostal. They go, how you know that? Now, don't, don't give me food by dress because then you look over there. That woman's Church of Christ. How you know that? Go ask her. They got a certain look about them. They carry a certain look. Mm. What's that one? That one's heathen. Flat out. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. So we're not under the law, brother. We're under grace. Amen? Now, hey, I'm going to go over something here real quick. Going, going to finish this thing on up. Oh, yeah. Man, I've been running my mouth that long. Mercy. No wonder I'm tired. The Hebrew word for evil is raw. It is never translated as sin. All right? We're going to look at these scriptures. Y'all need to just write these down and we'll read them, all right? You can go back and read them a little bit later. But, again, y'all keep notice I keep putting a lot of emphasis on hearing. Do I not put a lot of emphasis on hearing? I keep telling you, yeah, it's good for you to, you need to study, but you need to be more ready to hear. 
The Bible said faith comes by hearing, brothers and sisters. And hearing by the word of God. It comes by hearing. How did you think you got saved? You heard somebody tell you about the gospel. That's how you got saved. You didn't know one scripture. but Amen. Need to hear. Isaiah 45 verse 7. Go ahead. I form the light. God forms the light. And create darkness. And he the one to create darkness. I make peace. He made peace. And create evil. And he's the one who created evil. Read on. I, the Lord. He said, do, I, the Lord. Do all these do things. Do all these things. In other words, the word create me, he bring it into existence. Yes. That's what the word create means. Amen. He brings it into existence because he is the creator. Amen. Yes. There's nothing in this universe that would be without his approval, without his creation. And everything has its proper place. And order. Amen. Genesis 2 9. We're going to show you something right here. Go ahead. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. Uh huh. And good for food. Good for food. The tree of life also. The tree of life. In the midst of the garden. In the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So you see, there's two trees, isn't it? One's the tree of life and the tree, another one's the tree of what? Knowledge of what? Good and good evil. and evil. And which one was the tree that Adam and Eve partook of? Good and evil tree. Good and evil. Genesis 2 17, read on. But of the tree of the knowledge but the of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What what you better not do? Thou shalt not eat of it. Why? For in the day that thou eatest thereof, what are you gonna do? Thou shalt surely die. No wonder we're all in a mess. No one. And some of us still eating the tree of death. Then yep. we should be eating life. Yes. Amen. You ever notice what happens when you receive? I don't know why sometimes we spend a lifetime of kicking against truth. Then all of a sudden we decide to receive and all of a sudden we start experiencing all these blessings. And then we ask ourselves, I don't know why it took me so long. That's because you decide to stop being hard-headed. You try to do like the rest of the Americans do. Try to use your mental reasoning abilities. Yeah. Try to figure it all out. Yeah. That ain't faith. No. Walk in faith. No. Is that right? Yeah. Genesis 3, 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, uh -huh. then your eyes shall be open. Shall be open. And ye shall be as God. And you shall be as gods. Read on. Knowing good and evil. Knowing what? Good and evil. So he didn't want them to eat it. Right. All knowledge ain't good knowledge. Amen. All knowledge is not for you. To, you don't need to know it. Amen. Read on. We're going to read three, Genesis 3, 22. And the Lord God said. What did he say? Behold, the man is become as one of he us. He become just like one of us. So how did he become like one of us? To know good and evil. To know good and evil. Because the only thing man knew was good. Amen. Until he, until he bit of the fruit. Is that right? Amen. That's all he knew what was good. Read on. And now, lest he put forth his hand. Man, you better watch him come. I'm going to tell you what he's going to do now because he's going to look at this. He's going to become like one of us. And take also of the tree of life. Man, going to get the tree of life. Read on. And eat. And eat. And live forever. So we better get him on up out of his garden right now. Because, boy, we can't let him have his state right here and live. That's the reason why that we have to go through this regeneration process. Because, see, we was born in sin, shaping in the nick. We were born evil. And now we're killing off evil and we're getting back to the place where we first started. 
what God intended for us to be. But this is a learning process. Yeah. Amen. 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 Write the word down. Calamity. C-A-L-A-M-I-T-Y. We're going to be in all the Hebrew word of 7451. And, and that word in 7451 is for every word that we're going to highlight in these next few scriptures. That word is bad, evil, disagreeable, malignant, unpleasant, giving pain, unhappiness, and misery, evil and displeasing, worse, sad, unhappy, vicious in disposition, evil and wicked, ethically evil and wicked. Of persons, two persons or thought, deeds or actions. It causes distress, injury, calamity, adversity, evil, injury, and wrong. We get the picture? Calamity. Psalms 141 verse 5. Let the righteous smite me and it shall be a kindness. Did y'all hear that? Have you ever been able to receive the rebuke of the wise from anyone? The Bible said that is kindness, but you ought to see how some of us take it sometimes. The Bible says it's kindness, though. Huh? You ask a righteous man to try to do any type of reproving of someone if they enjoy it and see what they say. A lot of times they, they have to overcome grief in order to get it to you. Amen. You want to speak louder back there, Brother Mike, when I can hear you, because I'm going to need some help, brother. Amen. Sometimes I think it ain't nothing but maybe two of us in here. <laughs> brother Juan gets a squeak out every once in a while. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> let the righteous smite me, and it shall be as kindness. And let him reprove me, it shall be as an excellent oil. Man, this is good, wholesome words right here. That's why I keep telling you around here, around here, we better know each other. There ain't nobody around here intending no evil, no evil for anybody in here. And you better stop with them nasty responses too. That don't mean you have to receive everything that's coming out of somebody's mouth, but you can give a kind response. You try to help your brother and sister that deceive or something, and then we let the brother love continue. Which shall not break my head, for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. Did y'all hear that? In their calamity. Adversity. Same 7151. You remember all the words we gave? Read on, brother Shane. First, ye, First Samuel 10, 19. Read on. And ye have this day rejected your God. Who have rejected God? Their God? The people have. Is that right? Yes. Read on. Who himself saved you out of all your adversity? Isn't that something? Even after God saved them out of all of the adversities and tribulations, read on. And ye have said unto him. Look what you done said unto him. Nay, but set a king over us. No, God, you give us a king. We want a king, just like the rest of the nations. Read on. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. Isn't that something? He deliver you out of all your adversities and tribulation. You still want somebody else to rule over you. That's what Israel was doing. Adversity. Psalms 94, verse 13. That thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity. Do we not need rest from the days of adversity? 
Do we not see? We're talking. Ooh. We're defining wickedness. Amen. Calamity is wickedness. Adversity is wickedness. Is that right? Until the pit be digged for the wicked. Ecclesiastes seven fourteen. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. God also have set one over against the other Amen. to the end that man should find nothing after him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Boy, he is the only wise God, isn't he? Yes. Grievous, same word. Proverbs 15, 10, read. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way. Correction is what? Grievous. Grievous, see that? Now, come on. If you're being corrected and you're experiencing grief, is that not wickedness? Amen. Is that not wicked? You see, these are the things we our spirits get in trouble for. Yes, sir. We're not going out and volunteering and just sinning and breaking God's commandments right there. We're doing all these other things. Yes, Correction is grievous unto him that do what? Forsaketh the way. And read on. And he that hateth reproof. What they going to do? Shall die. They going to die. See, a lot of people don't know. See, y'all looking for a physical devil. There's a lot of people that die spiritually every day. They just flat out die spiritually because they, they can't stand correction because it's grievous unto them. Because their heart is departed from the living God. And that's why the Bible says correction is grievous unto them that have forsaken the way. Huh? Sorrow. Same word. What is this word? Same word I'm talking about. Bad, evil, disagreeable, malignant, displeasing, unpleasant, unhappiness, in misery. Vicious in disposition, action, deeds, injury, distress. That's what this word means. Amen. Sorrow, an example of sorrow. Genesis 44, 29. And if ye take this also from me and mischief befall him, ye shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Now see, what he's doing is giving an example of what would happen if you take something from him. Are you following how he will experience sorrow? Is y'all hearing that? All right, trouble. Psalms 27 verse 5, read on. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. Who's going to hide me in the God will, will he not? If you're in trouble and you're serving God, he got a pavilion for him. He got a pavilion for you. Is that right? But hey, that pavilion is based on conditions. You got to know who to go to. What does man naturally do anytime they're in trouble with God? Go hide. Go hide. We run and hide. Yes. Yeah, we do every single time. What did Adam and Eve do? Go hide. They went and hide. Mm-hmm. They went and hid themselves mm-hmm. from God. See, because we experience so much shame, guilt, and condemnation, rather than just showing ourselves openly to God, coming to him, confess, repenting, and getting it right, we take off and justify ourselves in our wickedness and run away from him. Amen. And we heap upon ourselves sorrow, grief, shame, Misery, do we not? Do we not? Amen. All right, but see, the way we should behave is is in the time of trouble. Is that right? Yes. He shall hide me in his pavilion. Read on. In the secret of his tabernacle. In the secret of his tabernacle, what God gonna do? Shall he hide? He's me? He's gonna hide me, and he's gonna do what? He shall set me upon up upon a rock. Gonna set me on top of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. On a rock. Is that right? Yeah. Psalm forty-one, verse one, to the chief musician. A psalm of David. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of what? Trouble. trouble. So there is a time of trouble. Is that right? Yes. But when you consider the poor, the Lord going to deliver you in a time of trouble. 
there's something that you can do in advance to make sure that the law will be your defense. Amen. There are certain ways and behaviors, brothers and sisters, that we can have about our character and nature just like our God. So when these things do come up on you, the Lord will set you in his pavilion. Amen. The Lord will be your defense. Amen. The Lord will be your strength. Yes. See, there are certain things that we need to learn how to do that the Lord will provide for us. But then there's the flip side. There it is, the good, bad, ugly. There's the ugly side. That if you don't do all these things, the misery, the grief, the shame, and all this stuff, you're going to receive a just recompense of reward for it. You're going to experience it and not enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Amen. 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 Psalms 107, verse 26. Read on. They mount up to the heaven. Mm -hmm. They go down again to the depths. Go ahead. Their soul is melted because the of trouble. The soul is melted because of trouble. You ever been troubled before? Your soul is just melting on the inside of you, brothers and sisters. Huh? You ain't never been in trouble. You never have felt trouble before in your soul. Your soul melts. You know I mean? Your mind is just got, it's like it's done turned to mush. Your will and your emotion, you ain't got none no more. All this happened because of what? Trouble. Here we go with distress. Nehemiah 2.17, read on. Then said I unto them. What'd he say? Ye see distress that we are in. What is it? How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Why? Come on. Come, and let us build up the walls of Jerusalem. For a reason. That we be no more a reproach. We need to stop reproaching God. Amen. Amen. The only reason why the enemy is coming to allow to burn our cities and tear down our walls and our camps is because we don't reproach the king. Amen. Come on, brothers and sisters. Amen. See, all this is giving us distress. I mean, giving us instructions. Yeah. You want to keep the enemy out of our gates? Keep the enemy away from our camp. Yeah. Amen. Serve the Lord and don't reproach him. Amen. And do it with gladness. Amen. Is that right? Yeah. Amen. Leviticus 2017, read bad. He shall not alter it nor change it. Go ahead. A good for a bad, a bad for a good. Go ahead. And if he shall at all change beast for beast, then, then it at the exchange thereof shall be holy. Read on. And if it be any unclean beast mm -hmm. of which they do not offer a sacrifice unto the Lord. Go ahead. Then he shall present the beast before the priest. And keep on. And the priest shall value it whether it be good or bad. It is a good or bad so far, isn't it? God is making a distinction between good and bad. And read on. As thou valuest it, who art the priest, so shall it be. Read on. But if he will at all redeem it. Then he shall add a fifth part thereof unto thy estimation. Now here we go, read it. And when a man shall sanctify his house. When a man shall sanctify his house, read on. To be holy unto the to Lord. To be holy unto the Lord. Then the priest shall estimate it. Uh-huh. Whether it be good or bad. The priest gonna judge it. As the priest shall estimate it. So shall it stand. Amen. That's just the way it's gonna be. Amen. So brothers and sisters. Whatever you do, it's going to be either good or bad. And whichever way it is, that's how it's going to stand. That's why it troubles me to see some of us going through some of these same old, some of this stuff we should have put to rest six years ago, five years ago, four years ago. And you, you got something bad working in you. Don't tell me you ain't got the Holy Ghost work. No, you don't either because the Holy Ghost makes you holy. Yes, he does. Now, we ain't here to set up on the brow beach and bash you. You're already doing enough of that yourself. But you just need to be bought out and let you know you ain't doing it right. Amen. 
Right. So we can help you do it right. But you're going to have to understand something. You cannot continue the things you've always done and expect change. Amen. It ain't going to happen. Amen. It's just flat out ain't going to happen. We got affliction. You can just write this down, 2 Chronicles 20, 19, and Zechariah 1, 15. That's affliction. We're, 2 Chronicles 20, 29. I mean, 20, verse 9. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 9, and Zechariah 1, 15. Read Zechariah 1, 15, brother. And I am very sore displeased with the heathen. God is, God is proud of the heathen. No, sore displeased. Lo loves the heathen. Very sore displeased. Defends the heathen. Very sore displeased. He is displeased with the heathen. Mm -hmm. There's so much it causes sore in his mind. Read on. That are at ease. It, it, woe unto you that are at ease in Zion. Amen. If he's sore displeased with the heathen, and then he turns around and tells us later, woe you the heathen that are in Zion. You know what they're doing? They, they, man, they living their life. They're fine and good, man. We don't need you, God. That's the heathen. Read on. For I was but a little displeased, and they helped forward the affliction. They helped forward the affliction. Isn't that something? They even made God even more miserable. The heathen did. Amen. Ecclesiastes, we're talking about misery now. Ecclesiastes 8.6. Because to every purpose there is a time and judgment. Therefore, the misery of man is great upon him. Sore. Deuteronomy 6.22, read. And the Lord showed signs and wonders. Go ahead. Great, great and sore. Go ahead. Upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, mm -hmm. and upon all his household before our eyes. You see, you have to understand, brother, that a lot of things that are going on in this world is because things are permitted and allowed. The attribute of our God is love, joy, peace, yep. long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, and kindness. There are two entities that are working in this universe. We either fall under one category or the other. And he tells us clearly that the thief is the one that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Is that right? Is that right? So we got to stop duping and deceiving ourselves to calling God the evil one when he's the good one. Amen. We've done that a lot. Noisome. Ezekiel 14, 15. If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land and they spoil it so that it be desolate that no man may pass through because of the beast. Y'all hear that? Amen. All right. Hurt. Genesis 26, 29. Y'all write that down. Wretchedness. Y'all notice all the titles of these? And you can see how the scripture uses each one in different contexts. Some for good, some for bad. Y'all notice this when y'all hearing this. All right? Wretchedness numbers 11, 15. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I mm -hmm. pray thee, out of hand. If I have found favor in thy sight... And let me not see my wretchedness. All right. Satan's goal is to destroy us. However, he can only do this if we continue to allow ourselves to reject God's knowledge and be dumb on purpose. I'm going to read these last few scriptures and we're finished. Ephesians 3, 9, and 10. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which the beginning of the world have been hid in God who created all things by Christ Jesus. How did God create all things? By Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus. Yes. Isn't that something? Yes. To the intent, there's an intent for it, though. This is yeah. the intent. That now, 
unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the who? Church. Church. The manifold wisdom of God. See, we the one supposed to be telling everybody about this. What is the manifold wisdom of God? How they can overcome and all this. We don't want to expose all these principalities and powers of God. Yeah. This is the mystery that has been hid in Christ Jesus from the beginning. Amen. That God created everything by. Yeah. Amen. And why we can't be ignorant, brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. Listen. If anything, you need to practice trying to be a little bit more positive. Put things in proper perspective and start learning how to speak some life with your brothers and sisters. Amen. Everybody ain't a judge, and you know how I judge, and you do more damage than good. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 127. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me, and I will not answer. This is God doing the speaking. You hear that? He said, I'm not going to answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they that hated knowledge, that's the key right there. You see, there are people that are right in their own eyes. They think they know God, but they don't know God. And so then they sit up there in the day. They, they say, uh, well, you just pray God. He'll hear you. He'll answer something. No, he ain't either. If you haven't spent your time seeking him, you ain't spent your time on your face and humbling yourself before him, don't expect in the day of your distress, the day of your anguish, when destruction come up you as a whirlwind, when it come up on you, don't think God is going to answer because he ain't going to answer you. Because you're a hypocrite. And I'll read it again. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, they shall call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they were not of my counsel, and they despised all my reproofs. See, we need to know this about our God. So whenever you're praying, you want to turn around and try to charge God falsely. He ain't hearing me. You need to know why he ain't hearing you. Because he's just, good, and right all the time. That's his nature. He has a certain nature, brothers and sisters, and he has a certain expectation that he wants us to be as his people. Hmm? The Lord will always defend us. Always defend us. But we're going to have to bend, submit, and break our will to him. You got to understand, we've been born in sin, shaping in iniquity, and I don't know what makes people think they're sanctified as soon as they get saved. You just start. And there's a lot of people that have been what they call saved for years. They ain't done nothing about no sanctification. So guess what? You ain't saved. Because the Holy Ghost, he leads you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. There's no way you can claim to have salvation and you ain't interested in being holy. Hallelujah. And I don't mind telling you, brothers and sisters, the only reason why people can't hang around a ministry like this is because they get sick and tired of the meat. I'm getting sick and tired of eating steak. Every once in a while, I like to drink some Kool-Aid. I'm serious. Too much meat. Well, we're going to have rich fat on us, not poor fat. Well, there's a lot of people remember that message. I preached a message a long time ago called Brother Ed, Rich Fat, Poor Fat. 
I know I've been long here today and I'm literally wore out. Hmm. But as I get back in the pulpit again, we're going to have to, like I said, I'm going to have to start going back over these different principalities and stuff and start rehitting them again. I had to go over this first. You had to set the things in order first. Because a lot of times we charge God foolishly. It ain't God. It's our own sin that has separated us from him. Yeah, it is. There ain't, there ain't nothing wrong with God. He still knows what's going on. He's still in control, in charge. He knows exactly what he's doing. And I maintain that too, brothers and sisters. That's why he loves us enough to tell us the truth. So in all this, you know what he wants you to do? Just go ahead and kill off that old man so you can get closer to Jesus and be at peace. All he wants is his peace to rule in your hearts. That's all he, I'm serious. All he wants for us nothing but just good. Now, I kind of like that personally. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words of truth. We thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day. Go with your people, Father. Speak to their minds in the precious name of Jesus. We'll give you the glory for all things. Live for your Father and testify of your goodness. We bless you for all things. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Y'all have a beautiful Sabbath day, saints.